Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Good evening and welcome everyone to our podcast. We are People Against Covert Torture and Surveillance International. Today is Monday. August the 29th, 2016. We're here on Monday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern Time to educate and assist those who are targets of organized stalking, remote electronic assaults, and more. And to let you know that you are not alone and that there are many thousands and millions of us nationwide and worldwide working together for our freedom. These expressed during our podcast are those of our callers and not necessarily those of PAX International. I'm Derek Robinson, the moderator. Our guests this evening are Tyrone Dew, who would like to share about an activism event at the Jimmy Kimmel Live Studios in Los Angeles on Tuesday, August 30th, and also Nathan Daly, who would like to share some information about his success in a recent court case and also a strategy to address per cruelty to pets. And now for some announcements. The next Portland, Oregon meeting will be held on Saturday, September the 3rd, 3.30 to 5.30 p.m. at the Hollywood Public Library, 4040 Northeast Tillamook in Portland, Oregon. For more information, you may contact Amy at 971- 3401. The next Seattle support group meeting is going to be Saturday, September the 17th, 2016, from 1 to 2.30 p.m. at the Broadview Public Library, 12755 Greenwood Avenue, North, in Seattle, Washington. For more information, the contact persons are Laura Salway at 206-365-6139, and Curtis Kemble at 817-901-8720. Someone has suggested that since there are so many researchers in the community, that a committee should be established where people could compare information, occasionally publish opinion pieces, and provide direction for us as a community. It will be called the Research Committee and those interested in working on this committee, please send an email to info at paxntl.org. Volunteers. As a support organization, we are always in need of volunteers. And since we don't have grant funding as yet, volunteers are essential in helping to develop and maintain services for victims and members. The skills we're looking for are officers for PACS International, moderators, writers and editors, phone answerers, and more. And if you would like to volunteer, please send us an email at info at PACSNTL.org. 
And tonight I'm premiering a new feature to the announcement section, and it's called Did You Know?, which hopefully should add interest to the podcast, as well as being very informative. Did you know that one of the most important differences between properties of extremely high frequencies and extremely low frequencies is permeability, or the ability of certain frequencies to pass through objects. Extremely high frequencies, radio frequencies, which include the microwave band, tend to reflect off solid surfaces, whereas extremely low frequencies penetrate nearly everything, although lead seems to present somewhat of a barrier. Okay, we'd like to say thanks to all those who have become members of PAX International during our August membership drive. It is greatly appreciated. However, there is still time. Our membership fee is $25, and you may donate via PayPal and our email address, which is info at paxntl.org, or click the Donate button at our website, which is paxntl.org, or access our PayPal link, which is paypal.me slash paxntl. Or you may also send a check from our money order uh, by mail to our PAX International uh, mailing address, which is PAX International, PO Box 5405, Hemet, California, 92544. Okay, and at this time, I'd like to introduce uh, to many of you our Vice President of PAX International. She was just appointed. And her name is Desiree Foley. And Desiree, if you could star eight, and I can open your line. Okay, there she is. Okay, Desiree, welcome to our podcast. Desiree, are you there? Hello? Okay, there you are. Hi, Desiree. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Derek. Hi. And, um, well, Desiree uh, was just recently, uh, she volunteered and was appointed as Vice President for PAX International. And we had a, a brief uh, chat this afternoon about um, the kinds of things she'd be doing as vice president. And um, she brings a lot of energy and um, interest and ideas to the, uh, to the position. And I'd just like to welcome her to um, our Night podcast and to the organization. And that's right. Is there anything you'd like to say at this point? Oh, I just uh, want to say that I'm really happy that you chose me to be the vice president, and I really look forward to look, working with you and along with the TI community. Okay, and uh, Oh, I'm sorry? I was just saying that's great. I appreciate having you here. Thanks, Derek. Yes, I, I, I really, really hope that we can get a lot done. Well, yeah, the thing is, uh, the vice president and some of the officers um, that have uh, stepped up to volunteer to help with PACs um, are bringing a lot of skill sets to the, uh, to the positions, and I'm looking forward to working with all of these individuals that have stepped up to volunteer per my request in the newsletter. And uh, so, you know, 
uh, of course, every organization uh, needs staff and volunteers to run it. I certainly cannot do everything myself, and nor should I. Um, yeah. So... <laughs> Derek, I also wanted to throw out I also wanted to throw out that if anybody needs to get in touch with me just to ask Derek for my phone number and Derek will give it to you. Okay, great. Uh one of the things that um does we talked about this afternoon that Desiree will be helping with, and that is development of support groups. And that's um that's a very important area because um just about everyone that comes to the organization um, would like to join up with some type of support group nearby. So we're going to be emphasizing um, that during the coming year and developing as many or, uh, support groups uh, locally as possible because that is really where the important activism is going to be happening. Uh, that's where the support um, is going to be coming from, in my opinion, uh, for the TI community, and that's the local resources. So that's going to be a, an important resource for the organization and for TIs that are seeking assistance. So um, Desiree um, will be helping with that a lot, and I'll be helping her to get started with that. So uh, she will be the point person, and um, if you have questions about a group in your area, and then she will be the one to um, to ask, and I will help. I'll be helping her to get um, uh, in touch with people and resources to you know to get all of those things started. So I do appreciate that help because I see that as vitally important in terms of growing the community and um, in terms of getting help for TIs. So that will be very important. Yes, and I, I can also help with, um, you know, helping people if they want to go to their city council. I can um, advise them on how to do so because um, I was really successful at contacting my city council. Uh, That's also something that I'm willing um, to help with. Right. Desiree was very successful in, uh, in uh, contacting uh, her council. She just basically sent them an email, and um, they responded right away. So whether it was um, the wording that she used, but um, they seemed to be very concerned about her and whatever she said to them and the way she said it, uh, which evoked responses from many of those at uh, Phoenix uh, City Council. So, uh, yeah, she could probably help those that are seeking help from their council persons as far as what to say and how to say it and things like that. Yes. So um, we're really working with um, with Amy Anderson and the Richmond City Council, and some of them have been very responsive, and that is because of Amy's persistence. Uh, she is unflappable in terms of uh, what, whatever goals she sets for herself, she does not stop, does not let anything stop her from achieving those goals. And that type of persistence... Uh, will hopefully um, uh, resonate with the community because you're going to need that when you're dealing with council. So um, she has been very successful in the past few years in developing relationships with uh, some of them in her area, and that has really paid dividends for her. And she actually has reached out to them 
Uh, she has attended political events. She has gone door-to-door for some of them and camp- campaigned for them. And for those of you that have that type of uh, time, it would be it would go a long way for you in terms of developing a rapport with those that you would like to reach on your city council. And these are some of the things that Amy um, took upon herself to do. And once they became acquainted with her, she basically, uh, it, was, it was much more easier, much more easy for her uh, to, to speak to them and to express her concerns. So that is something, that, that is a strategy that I'd like to pass along to all of you, those wishing to develop a rapport in your, with uh, council members, wishing to reach out to them. There is a method to doing that. And, and basically, if you have the time, it's really putting in the effort to get to know them. Attending city council meetings, um, just letting yourself be known to them. And that's one of the things that, um, that Amy Anderson did uh, to really uh, open the doors for her in terms of getting uh, council members to listen to her. So it's been very successful for her. And uh, we are making progress with them, and there are some that, uh, that are really willing to listen to her and to help her with her situation. So we've been uh, very pleased with Richmond uh, Council and their concern for her and wanting to help. So, um, and I believe the same, these same opportunities exist for others in other places. So, um, as an example, I thought I'd pass that along for those wishing to get started and wondering where to start and what to do uh, to reach out to your council persons. And we can talk more about this. And perhaps we can bring Amy in to talk further about what she did um, to reach out and to, um, to become acquainted with her council members. I think that's going to be important, going to be key, actually, and and getting the attention and the help that we need from them in regards to this issue. So uh, we'll be talking to Amy uh, more about this later. Okay. Um, well, thank you, Desiree, for being here. And at this time, let me see. Uh, well, um, I'm going to go ahead and bring in uh, Tyrone. Let's see. Okay, Tyrone Dew is um, becoming a regular here on the Monday Night Podcast, and he's going to be joining us to speak about a design for T-shirts and signs that he has created for the upcoming activism event at Jimmy Kimmel Live Studios in Los Angeles on August 30th. And we'd like to welcome um, Tyrone to the call. Tyrone, if you would start eight so I could uh, open your line. Oh, there he is. Uh, okay, Tyrone? Yeah, hey, Derek. How you doing? Hi. Welcome to the call. And uh, I appreciate your being here. And uh, what would you like to share with us about this event that's coming up on Tuesday? 
Well, this Tuesday, Humanity Warriors actually put together an event in front of Jimmy Kimmel Live. It's a um, you know pretty good event to go out there and try to get someone's attention who can you know help raise awareness on the mass media level. Um, I have a few signs that I've designed, uh, two different signs. I can share the designs with whoever he is that's willing to hold them. Um, you know, it's just a TI sign, but it has certain graphics on there that is for sure to catch the uh, attention of Jimmy Kimmel because it kind of plays into what he's into. Um, you know, he has a lot of things going on in his life that uh, if you really listen to what he says, you know, this is something he would believe that is happening. He made a comment the other night, a few nights ago, about, um, you know, how nowadays the government, you know, how he can see us while we can see him, you know, so, and it's all thanks to the government. So those are all little things, you know, that people will say that if, um, you know, if we present the information to them the right way, um, they might be willing to listen. It might be willing willing to raise awareness. I doubt if I'll get the T-shirts to anyone because, you know, I'm not going to pay for overnight delivery, you know, just to try to uh, get a few T-shirts there. And I'm not sure how many people will show up. But in the future, if there are any, any TIs who are interested in, you know, a free T-shirt, 25 pamphlets, um, you email me at tiawareness at yahoo.com. I would email you the T-shirt and the pamphlets, and all I require is that you go outside, um, you know, to a courthouse, to the state capitol if you can make it there if you're close enough, and just get a 15-minute video, you know, or an 8-minute video or 15-minute video of you handing out the information and, uh, you know, discussing it with people who seem like they might be interested in what your pamphlet and your T-shirt is about. It's not an Aaron Alexis and Myron May T-shirt. You guys don't have to worry about that. Um, it literally has a huge symbol of um, uh, the CIA. And on the front it says targeted individual awareness. At the bottom it says declassified. And on the back of the T-shirt it just says, um, you know, uh, do you know Project MK Ultra evolved into citizens being used as targets in uh, brain-computer interface Directed energy weaponry, non-consensual human experimentation, no touch torture programs. And okay, Tarot, thank you for saying that they can't hear you. If you could maybe speak up a little bit. You guys can't hear me. You know, I can hear you fine, connection. but some people are saying that. Oh, I'm not why. Yeah, sometimes this phone connection where I'm is gets kind of horrible. So I'll try to walk around and see if I can find a better, uh, better reception. So yeah, the T-shirt it has. Um, you know, on the back it has the CIA emblem with Robert Duncan's face in the middle of it. You know, and at the bottom it says declassified and it has his name. So, therefore, of course, it has nothing to do with Aaron Alexis and my remain. I know a lot of people, you know, you guys don't want to wear those kind of T-shirts. I totally understand. Um, but, you know, I don't have a problem with sending to you for free, but I do require that you stand outside and pass out the pamphlets and get it videoed. You know, uh, my efforts of doing this is that one, raising awareness, and also uh, becoming more organized, you know, looking organized. Um, every other organization that has a cause, they all have some something in common. In the 70s, it was the peace symbol, you know. Everyone who was protesting in the 70s, no matter what race you are, what religion you believe, everyone was wearing a peace symbol. Um, you know, the lesbian, gay, bi, and transgender community, they all have the rainbow flag. And, you know, I'm trying to figure out how we can look unified 
as a, you know, not just as a one particular organization, but as a group of people, you know, who are organized. And, uh, you know, get out there and raise awareness as much as possible. Okay. Um, Do you know what time the event starts on Tuesday? Uh, When I looked at the email, I believe it said uh, 4.30 to 7 o'clock. That's what it said. I would have to take another look at it. 4.30? Really? Yeah. Yep. Okay. It's a live taping. I believe believe it said 4.30, you know, but my eyes play tricks on me sometimes. I would have to go back through and look at the email. Um, But it looks like it, you know, from what I remember, I think it's from 4.30, like 7. It's a a live taping, you know. He pretty much tapes the... the, um, the show and then does the same, you know, does the same show the same night. So, um, but he is definitely interested in a lot of this kind of stuff. So if anyone, any one particular person or two people, you know, are willing to hold a sign out there, I can uh, get it sent to Walgreens. I can pay for it to be printed. And, um, you know, all you got to do is go to the nearest Walgreens, tell me where it is and, um, you know, pick up the sign and, put it on a piece of uh, 24 by 36 cardboard. And you can buy the cardboard right there at uh, at Walgreens. So, Okay. Well, it sounds interesting. I wish I had known earlier. I could have um, publicized this event uh, further, but I just uh, had just found out about it um, just a couple of days ago. So I could not have... Yeah. Um, you know, made it known to people. But anyway, I wish that, uh, oh, wait a minute, let's see. I uh, I was just trying to fix something in the chat room. Um, but anyway, I wish them well. Um, it'd be great if uh, Jimmy Kimmel, you know, himself came out and joined uh, everybody, but uh, we'll see if that happens. But, he typically um, does go outside. That sounds interesting. Huh? During the taping, during the taping of the show, he generally has a moment where he's always outside with the audience. You know. Oh, did, I see. So that so that explains the uh, the time. Okay, then. Excellent. Yeah, exactly. You know, he's always every show. He's always outside, and he's always talking about how he's ran out of time to have Matt Damon on the show, and Matt Damon is literally never on the show. But he's always outside with his audience, either in the beginning of the taping or you know, the end of the taping. I don't know exactly, um, you know, how they do the filming. Maybe they film the end first and then go in and do the rest of the show. I don't know. But, um, you know, it's a pretty good idea. You know, it's a, you know, we can't, um, you know, say anything bad about people who are trying, you know. I commend all of, you know, all of you who are willing to get out in the public and, you know, try to raise awareness about this. Okay, well, anyway, it sounds like an interesting project, and I wish them well. And hopefully uh, uh, they will get uh, Jimmy Kimmel's attention, and certainly well worth the effort. So, okay, well, thanks, uh, Tyrone, for uh, for coming on and, and speaking about this. Um, and also, yeah. Derek, um, before I get off the phone, if there's anyone who's in the D.C. area, um, September 16th, I'm planning a protest at the American Psychiatric Association. Um, you know, so if anybody wants to join in on that, uh, I will have T-shirts and pamphlets. It'll be like a three- or four-day event. You know, I'll spend probably an hour or so over at the um, at the Navy or dropping off a wreath, 
Um, you know, it's not really much I can do there on that day except for drop a reef off um, a reef. But, um, you know, so if there's anyone in the D.C. area who wants to protest the APA, um, you know, I figure, you know, hey, why not? I mean, if we can get more people, you know, everyone hates shrinks, you know, even people who aren't targets, everyone hates shrinks. So we can find a common, you know, common enemy within the public, you know, and try to get their support somehow. Uh, because 2646 is passing 422 votes to two. Uh, many of you might not know what that is, but the House of Representatives actually passed a vote about uh, your family being able to throw you in the mental institution without, um, you know, any real probable cause except for making a phone call. Um, you know, your neighbors can, and I know that's happening now, but the difference is the mental institutions are now going to be able to keep you on a two-week mandatory hold and force medicate you. Whereas before we had the right to refuse medication, um, it was only a three-day hold. But because of all the, you know, mental illness propaganda that's been in the news recently, um, these psychiatrists are now saying, well, we need more time to evaluate someone. And if we think they need medication, we need to be able to make sure that they have the medication that they need. So, I mean, if we can get just any every ordinary person in public to understand, hey, if you have an argument with your girlfriend, an argument with your family, and you're sent to a mental institution for two weeks, by the time you get out, no matter who you are, you pretty much lose everything, you know. Uh, the typical person, if you don't go to work for three or four days, you're fired. If you don't go to work for two weeks, you can't pay your rent. So, I mean, it's, you know, and then if you can't get into your apartment to get your clothes or your belongings out, your apartment's not going to hold it for you, you know. They pretty much send someone in there and throw everything in the trash. And then you get hit with an eviction notice. And that's very difficult to get off your record. So, um, you know, just trying to see, you know, what angles we can hit this with. And um, so September 16th through the 19th, or September 16th through the 20th, Washington, D.C., American Psychiatric Association, and, of course, the, you know, Navy York Memorial. So if anybody wants to go over there, you can say a prayer, do whatever you want to do. Um, but I will, you know put a wreath up there that has TI awareness on it. Um, I've already talked to the Navy Yard. They don't have an issue with me being there. We've already went through this, you know, for two or th two years now we went through this of me going there and them telling me, oh, well, finally they understand. And um, they're not denying that this technology exists. Um, there are several people who work there who come outside and say, we know this is happening, continue the good fight. But we're not going to say anything because, hey, we work for these guys and we get a paycheck from them. So, um, you know, if anybody wants to support, you know, I would appreciate the support. I'm not asking for any financial contribution. All I'm asking you to do is show up and be a physical contribution. Okay. Um, let's see. Would you have time to answer a few questions from the callers tonight? Sure. If there's anyone with questions, sure. Okay. Um, guys, you heard uh, Tyrone. If you have questions for him, uh, feel free at this time to start eight as we begin our discussion. Questions for Tyrone, Tyrone Zero. Okay, um, I have a question before we start. Now, were you talking about a congressional bill or was this policy, a policy directive uh, from psychologists? Congressional bill. And what was the name of it? 
2646 or 4626. Sometimes I get kind of dyslexic, but it's, uh, yeah, I think it's 4626. You can take a look at it. It just passed. And I'll tell you guys, tell you what's really interesting, Derek. The only two representatives who said no is a representative from Michigan. So there's a TI on the phone who's in the northern part of Michigan. Um, you know, I would like for you to contact me so I can, you know, help you get to the this particular congressman who said no, and you can kind of show him that, hey, you know what, we applaud you for saying no. You know, the state of Michigan already has something on on the books saying that, um, you know, these type of weapons can't be used against citizens. Well, do you know that these weapons can also cause the effects of mental illness? You know, so it gives us an open door to talk to him. And then the other one is in Kentucky. Unfortunately, Connie Marshall's in the wrong district. I've already contacted her, but she can't go talk to him, but she's trying to find someone within that district. So I just think it's interesting that two people, you know, two congressmen who said, hey, you know what, we oppose 2646. Um, you know, where people from areas where, you know, we have uh, uh, people who are claiming it, of course, TIs are all over, but especially in Michigan, you know, where there's a law in the books about these weapons, so. Okay, um, so that's 2646, and that is helping yep. families. Okay, let me see. And mental health crisis. Yep. Okay, it has passed the House, so now it is going to the Senate. Yep. Okay, um, so... Okay, I'm just trying to get a sense of what the bill is about by reading it. Yep. Uh, It it addresses a lot of issues here, so um, maybe one of them is what Tyrone explained about the extended... uh, evaluation whole time from 72 hours to what, two weeks? Yeah, that would be very extreme. Yeah. So um, yeah. you have to see what's going on there. Um, I'll have to take a closer look at that. 2646, very, looks like a com- complicated bill. And uh, I did take a quick look at it uh, before, but it's going to take, I have to sit down and kind of carefully go over the wording because it's very complicated. And and so forth. Um, just trying yeah, to and they're they're actually quick. trying to pull at the they're actually pulling at the heartstrings of everybody because they are using the congressman from the area where Sandy Hook happened. You know, he put he he puts it out to the to the media. My whole goal for this bill is every day I go in my office and I look on the wall and I see all these pictures of people who are victims, and I know that if we had a stronger mental health. Uh, a bill in place for mental crisis, then it would, you know, we could have avoided these kind of catastrophes, you know. So, I mean, that's the kind of, you know, BS that they are, you know, putting out to the public. Uh, But in reality, you know, we as victims, we all know that 99% of these, you know, shootings that are happening when people are saying that their family was mentally ill are people who are victims of, you know, these um, uh, brain-computer interface directed energy weapon attacks. And, you know, it's very difficult for us to, you know, prove it, but I mean, the, the information is there. Um, there are several colleges that are now talking about how this technology is a danger. They're talking about brain hacking. So um, I got an interview with someone set up, I think it's next week. I'll see if the interview goes through before I mention who it is. But, um, you know, if it does, excuse me, 
uh, we may have an ally at a, you know, prominent college who is openly admitting that um, brain hacking is real, you know? So, um, you know, wish me luck. Well, it's surprising that this bill is making its way um, through Congress. Well, let's see. It has taken a little over a year to make to pass the House. Looks like it was introduced in uh, June of last year. Um, I guess it's about a normal time, but um, but bill, most most bills, there's a 95% chance that, that the bill will not pass. Most bills do not make it through Congress. Uh, but this one seems to be making it through with no problem. And it seems to be a crackdown upon TIs uh, lately. Uh, harsh criticism from the New York Times in an article in June of this year. And now this bill, which would make it even uh, more difficult for those that have been, that are detained in the mental health system. So we're looking at some more severe uh, ramifications for TIs uh, in certain instances. So uh, we'll have to see where all of this leads. And uh, you know, if it passes the Senate, then the president will probably sign it. The thing is, uh, will it pass during this session of Congress? Oh yeah. And then if oh, it yeah. does not, and then if it does not, will the next president sign it? So it's taken uh, a little over a year, apparently, to pass the House. So, um, and it is just looks like it was just sent over to to the Senate. So this is what August. So it may not. It may not make it to the Senate this year. So um, we'll just have to see what the next um, congressional session does with it. And then if the president, which would be whoever that's going to be, and see if if they're going to sign it. Uh, But anyway, there seems to be uh, more stringent, um, uh, just more harshness. Um, being enacted on TIs lately. But we'll see where all of this goes. But still, the truth is coming out. More people are becoming aware of our issues. And I think we have um, a greater chance over the next coming months, the next coming years, of really uh, making the public aware of what's at stake for them as well as for us and uh, making this a very critical issue for them as they realize that they are also at risk. So as long as we can get that message to them somehow over this next few months, I think that will be critical for us in terms of uh, successfully getting help. So uh, we'll see where all this goes, but there's a race on it seems like um, for the perpetrators trying to keep a lid on the progress that they were that we're making, and that's what seems to be happening, in my opinion. Um, but we'll see how that plays out over the next few months. All right. Um, let's see some more comments. Northwest California, welcome to the call. You have a question or comment? Uh, thanks, Derek. Uh, it's EMF Linda. Uh, I, I, I want to thank uh, Tyrone for bringing uh, uh, this uh, bill to our attention. Uh, but I have a question for him or anybody. 
uh, it would be very interesting to find out what special interest group is behind this. Who drafted it? Right, Who? that's true. Now, oh. I can tell you the sponsor. Let me see. The sponsor is Representative Tim Murphy from Pennsylvania. Tim Murphy, if you want to find out uh, more about him. Um, he is, let me see, he's on the House Energy and Commerce Committee, the Ways and Means Committee, the Education and Workforce Committee. Um, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, that's, that's not him. Okay, um, but anyway, the representative that introduced the bill, the congressional representative, is Tim Murphy. He's a Republican from Pennsylvania. So if you want to look up information about him, okay, so we'll see what happens with that. Okay, um, any other comments? Uh, Tyrone Dew is our guest this evening. He's talking about uh, an event that's coming up this Tuesday, August 30th, at Jimmy Kimmel Live Studios in Los Angeles, plus several other issues. Star 8 to join the discussion. Hi, Tyrone. Uh, I live in Washington State, and I think you were in touch with Chris Bertolino when he was he was in the uh, mental hospital there in Spokane, and he's out. He, uh, I don't know whether you knew about it, but uh, he went to court right in front of the judge by himself, and apparently he's out of there. I haven't heard from him, and I don't know if like, anyone else has. But if you have any way of getting in touch with him, he might have some good input for you on being involuntarily okay. committed. So, um, anyway, bless you. Uh, I will definitely try to contact him okay. and see what he has to say about this. Good. Another person, Derek, you might uh, you might get in touch with is Darlene, and she would be an excellent person to know some laws and what's going on. Is this twenty six twenty six a number? What you're saying, Derek? It is twenty six forty six. It's a. What's um, the title? What is the title? The title is helping families in mental health crisis. Okay. Family mental health crisis. So it, the wording of the the title is very political, very political, and uh, so it's designed so that those that support the bill would be um, would be helping families. Yeah. So um, and guess guess who they have promoting it, Derek? <laughs> Well, that's oh, a good thing, but if we all really get on this and start pushing it, we can get in touch. All our senators need to be contacted in every state by every TI and write a letter and an email or an email telling them, push this matter immediately as soon as possible. Please do not let it delay another year. And if we get enough people and enough information to push the subject, we might get it through this year. And in every state, there are only two senators that TIs have to get in touch with. And they should write them an email every week if they can. Okay. Well, you know, we just need to follow the progress of the bill. Um, I I don't think it'll pass this year. For one thing, uh, Congress has been on recess um, during this month, August, is uh, their traditional uh, recess time. So they're open... 
They'll be back open um, right after Labor Day, usually. So, and then we're in our, our election season. And so probably not a lot will be happening between now and November, early November. But we don't know that. How many people do they need to pass it? Everybody in the Senate or just a percentage? Well, what I'm saying is that um, to pass a bill in Congress is very political. It took a year. It was introduced in June of last year, and it just passed the House this year. Um, Just, let's see, it doesn't give a date of when it was passed, but it just passed, and it's on its way to the Senate. So it's a political process. I mean, it has to go to a committee first, and then from there out to the floor for a vote. And all of that takes time, sometimes uh, months, uh, to get things passed like that. And whether it'll pass the Senate or not will depend upon the politics. And just keep in mind that 95% of the bills that get introduced in Congress do not pass. But something must be pushing this bill. I'm not sure what lobby is behind it, but there's something. So, well, I, um, hope, what? I hope that, that Human Rights Consumer Citizens, Citizens Coalition for Human Rights might be working on it. I'll try to get them a call tomorrow and see if I can get them to do it. And we need to just push the subject anyway. Maybe it will, you know, you can't say it's not going to pass. But the more we push, the more we give it information, we might get it through. Please get a copy of the Virginia law, read it. They just rewrote it, and it is horrifying. Okay, um, so I'm trying to look for the vote. Let me see if there's, if it's here. Uh, one thing, hi, this is Melinda. One thing I wanted to say, I don't know who's going to pay for this because Obamacare is collapsing. They're losing, you know, their their uh, funding and all this other stuff. This is really expensive. If they want to hold people that long, that could be up to, you know, eleven to $25,000. Now, who's going to pay for that if there's no Obamacare? Oh, they just can't so they're banking on, um, you know, the exchanges paying for this, and it, they may not be available. So I'm not really sure. This is really quite something. Okay, I'm When you think about the cost, who's going to pay for it? One house has already paid for it, right? That's, that's an incentive for constituents to get busy now. If they're not busy now, when it does come up, it will be too late. So it is what I'm saying for is there's no funding for this. You, you can contact that. your local Senate office. Senators' offices are local. Contact your local senator's office. Send the emails there immediately. Exactly. And if they don't Except, care... Can I make a comment, please? Can I make a comment, please? You yeah, have to look at it, yeah. first of all, from a worldwide viewpoint. Countries are using these weapons against one another. Okay, now to filter it down to the common man and let them know, hey, uh, these weapons are now being utilized and now general public can utilize them on one another would create pure panic. So that's why you just can't go to a senator and have a bill passed to have this stopped. It's going to be very complicated to explain to the world that now 
instead of bullets and bombs, we have electronic weapons. You see, that's why we are having difficulties with our issues and bringing them to the public. That's why we're being put in mental institutions because the government, it's the governments themselves uh, don't know how to deal with exposing it to the public. You know, well, we can't worry about that. We just still got to push it. We still got to do the best we can. We just got to keep on trying, keep on trying, keep on working on it. And the more you push it, the more you get in front of them, the more they might pay attention. Okay. I'm just trying, um, I'm just trying to explain it from a global point of view. Yeah, I, we're talking about our country only, so let's try to get it through the Senate. It passed yeah, the House. Think about what, That's pretty do you think, fantastic. Do you think China... Do you think China has any laws against electronic weapons? And I how don't they're going to use China. them against I care us? about us. Well, you best start caring. Okay. Uh, it's got 432 people in it, I think. So that says a whole lot. That's pretty fantastic. Okay, it looks like the, the focus of this bill, uh, um, reading a little bit of it, is that they're trying to promote this idea that um, there's, there's a lot of people with mental illness and they're trying to prevent um, these people that are labeled uh, mentally oh. ill from interacting with the public. That is, giving institutions more power over them. Exactly. And actually, this bill, this bill restricts, I'm just reading this here, this bill restricts the lobbying and counseling activities of protection and advocacy systems for individuals with mental illness. So it's, it's kind of restricting those that are trying to protect those with mental illness, well, so-called mental illness. So um, it sounds as if they're trying to go after those that are targeted individuals um, and gives them would give them more power to have control over them once they, um, well, just trying to sweep them into the system and then once into the system, give them more control and power over them to detain them longer and to um, to strip them of their rights. That's what it sounds like. they have like no money in there, and if they have no money of any kind, Medicare will pay for them. Is it Medicare, Medicare, and Medicare, Tricare, and Medicare will pay for the people who have no money. Okay, so anyway, it sounds like um, this is this is coming from the top, like the perps trying to push through um, safeguards or uh, meth- methods whereby TIs can be more easily captured and uh, longer detention times and just restrictions. And so you guys medication. have to kind of be really careful because it'll be more easy for police uh, to pick you up and it'll be more difficult for you to get released from psychiatric institutions. Now, Derek, guess who is publicly advocating that this is the best bill ever? Naomi Alexis. Okay, okay. what are you saying, Tyrone? Naomi Alexis publicly is saying that this is the best bill ever. She's supporting 100% that this bill needs to pass. Right. Um, 
so because we never, you know, she doesn't, she's avoiding as much contact with um, talking to me about the issue. Um, I've made several attempts, and she publicly says anyone who believes that the CIA is putting them in any kind of program should be labeled as mentally ill. She is saying that, you know, she believes that this kind of bill would have protected the people at the Navy or from her brother. Exactly, exactly. She, see, see fear-mongering works. You know, the more the more that you can say this is protecting families, protecting people, this is the type of bill that that sails through Congress. Um, yeah. You know, bills like that kind of, yeah, that play into Murphy, panic. Yes, Murphy is the guy, like I told you, when EMF asked who was behind this and who's drafted the bill, the guy who drafted the bill is the same one who says he goes to work every day, looks on his wall, and sees all the victims from Sandy Hook. And he says that this bill here would have literally protected those kids and those families from being feeling harm of of, of this mental case who, um, you know, who, who committed the crime. So, I mean, they were literally playing to the, like I said, the heartstrings of America. That's what they're trying to do. They're not well, trying. these are they are these strings. These are this is fear mongering, in my opinion. Yeah. It's well, a it's type pretty of much the same thing, you know. When when you got somebody thinking that oh, you could have protected them. I mean, you're tugging at the heart. I mean, you know, and you're you're scaring them. You know, it's pretty much the same the same thing. But anyway, I mean, it's a bill that we as TIs understand. You know, the the bigger picture, and the bigger picture is that. You know, in the future, people are not going to even know that they're TIs. You know, we're, we're probably the only group that will ever know for sure that this kind of stuff is happening. You know, we are the the first line against, you know, we are the first line of resistance. In the future, people will not know that they're TIs. They're going to be kids who grew up like me who would not even know. And they're going to be sent to mental institutions, and they're going to be stuck in there for two weeks, a month, and if you if you read the bill carefully, it's saying that, oh, yeah, force medication, you know. So now they can literally force you to take medication. There is no patient advocate, you know. When I was locked in a mental institution, the patient advocate literally found out, you know, went home, did some research, came back in, and was like, Mr. Dew, we've never had a patient like you in here. Um, I can't even call you a patient anymore. I'm pretty much just calling you someone who is uh, being held against your will. You know, you are now, I, you know, he felt like I was being incarcerated in there. You know, he's like, you are now considered a political prisoner, you know, in your own country. I'm going, I don't, you know, I don't feel that way about it. But, um, you know, if that's how you view the situation, then so be it. But this is, you know, it's already went through 422 to 2. So, I mean, Senate, they're going to pass it just as fast and, 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 just, and just as much. So I don't know what we can do about it, but we got to try to do something. You know, because if not, the next time we get sent to a mental institution, we can't say, hey, you know what, we don't want medication, evaluate me. I mean, the whole whole, uh, uh, process of being in a mental institution, they don't even evaluate you in that place, you know. The psychiatrist is the the only one who's supposed to be able to put you on medication, and he doesn't even spend an hour with you a day, you know. He literally walks around, oh, put him on Respiradol, put him on Seroquel, put him on, 
you know, it, and Seroquel is, is one of those drugs that they just say, oh, yeah, just give it to them. Seroquel and Westerdahl, oh, my gosh. So, you know, money. I'll tell you guys what. Money. The thing about if it you is guys don't, Murphy, if you guys don't fight this, I'm getting ready to become a pharmaceutical sales his, rep. I think that's what I'll be trying to do. His, his um, website is amazing. This guy's a lieutenant, was a lieutenant in the Army. He is a Republican, uh, was a senator in Pennsylvania. He's in my district. He is Allegheny County, which is where I live. I, I go to his office, but I'm, and this is my name's Angela, by the way. I'm a little intimidated because they did 302 me twice, once at the um, Western site here in PA and then up at the Cleveland Clinic. But since then, I've had an operation where 50% of my pain disappeared and I'm a little bit more, I guess, stable. But still, it was pain that caused me to, to, to be in there, nothing else. But, like, he has a website, and we could all go on his website and at least make a comment and, I mean, I would go in there and say something. I, I'd like to. I mean, it just makes me mad. This guy has this whole thing where he's against, you know, all these people who are with bipolar disorder and schizophrenia. It's all on his website. You should go check it out. Yeah, and send them well, a little you know, Guys, it's because of all of the, the, uh, the mass shooters, people like uh, Aaron Alexis, people like um, Gavin Long, and this is this seems to be Congress's reaction uh, to to these types of uh, situations and protecting the public. This is why it's sailing so quickly through through Congress, and we probably will not be able to stop that. Um, I'm not, just a guess, and I'm not saying not to try. I'm just saying that this is probably Congress Congress's reaction uh, to the mass shooters the active shooters. So um, if so, then politically, almost all the politicians will want to vote for it. They just don't realize that these people are committing these crimes because they're being told to by this V2K and the torture that they're under. And the more people that spend two weeks in these facilities, the more people it's going to happen to. I don't know. That's right. And also, on Mike Mason's call tonight, he and another lady talked about mind control and how they could mind control you into doing things. And it was very scary to listen to them. You might contact those two. Hopefully, they'll listen and they will work on the bill anyway. I can imagine going in and saying, Mr. Murphy, hi. <laughs> My name is Angela, and I'd like to tell you why you shouldn't be orienting this bill into Congress. <laughs> what do you think he'd say to me? <laughs> well, before you go in there, let me know. I'll send you a T-shirt and some pamphlets. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thanks. Derek? Yeah, who's there? Uh, um, I'm sorry, I always forget this guy's name, the psychologist in California that only helps people if they have he has Melinda Kidder's proof. What's his name again? Okay, you're talking about um, Dr. Holliton? Yes. I wanted to suggest to Tyrone, um, his specialty is post-traumatic stress disorder, specifically with vets. But I had only one conversation with him, and one of the most interesting things I ever heard is when he read me some questions on how to tell if somebody's schizophrenic or not, 
And me, as being a TI, answered yes to at least, you know, eight out of ten. So he's pretty much got a feel for the confusion. Well, it's not, it's, it's created confusion, but of telling somebody, a TI from a schizophrenic. So he might just be somebody, Tyrone, you might just maybe want to talk to. Okay. Um, I personally would like a copy of that, you know, what he read me, because I, I, I just found it really interesting, because he's showing how a typical, I don't have V2K, so that's the only reason I didn't answer yes to about three of them, but if you had V2K, you would have probably answered yes to all of them, and there you are labeled a schizophrenic. You're and absolutely it's right. And that's what... a lot of it. That's yeah. Oh. Well, you know, I like I like to believe the difference between a TI and a schizophrenic is that if a TI goes into a mental facility, a TI, if they're not doing before speech, if someone says, hey, do you hear voices? Nope, I don't hear anything. Do you see something? Nope, I don't see anything. <laughs> you know, and, and those of us who are TIs, the difference between us and mental patients is that, you know, if we organize, you know, there's not a mental patient in the world, you know, who, who's ever tried to organize and say that they aren't mentally ill. You know, 99% of them, they just take their medication and, you know, go on about their day, you know. When I was in there, there was not one person other than me saying, look, I am not crazy. I am not mentally ill. I don't, I don't have, you know, any delusion disorders, schizophrenia, or any other stuff. Everyone else was, hey, they were happily taking their medication. So, you know, that's one thing that we have um, that, you know, the psychiatric community can never, you know, can never deny the fact that mental patients do not organize. The whole industry is fake, and you guys are making a huge mistake buying into the fact that there are real schizophrenics. I mean, these people are making up diseases and viruses left and right. I, I agree with that. And let me finish, please. And if you if you can't see by now, you just go to Yahoo every week. Oh, the Zika virus, and uh, you know, there's a new virus, Ebola. There's a new virus. There's a new disorder every week. And first of all, for schizophrenia, it's a Nazi crime, Nazi war crime cover up. It's basically to discredit somebody so they could experiment on them, use eugenics or whatever. But um, there's no proof. They have no test to prove that you're mentally ill. You have, they cannot even know that somebody's mentally ill. And most of the people that are you consider mentally ill, you would say you go to Westwood and you go down the sidewalk and somebody's sitting there and they haven't taken a shower for a month. But, you know, maybe if you talk to them, you'd find out it was trauma or it was drugs or it was because, you know, they got thrown out of the house or their parents abused them. I'm not going to go on a long seminar. I guess it's been long enough. I'm going to relinquish the floor, but I just want to say mentally ill is fake. Is it possible there's one guy somewhere that's messed up? Probably so, but I think it's psychopath, but not, there's no mentally ill. Okay, well, the, the, Corey, the, the plan for us is really not to prove whether there's mental illness or not. That's really too huge for us to take on. The plan for us is to prove the existence of the technologies and that we are victims of 
these covert operatives. That's all we need to prove. Mm-hmm. Well, we got the proof of the patents, right? So that's proof right there. And we have expert testimony. Only thing we're lacking is, you know, hundreds of TIs in the streets protesting, saying that this is happening. You okay. Know, Remember be- when? Sorry. Remember when Clinton ap- apologized for all all those experiments? You know what? He doesn't make any sense because, you know, there's all these big. Uh, I mean, there's all these uh, apologies for hospitals got together with with um, what else? hospitals and schools, well, that's a conspiracy, but we're not allowed to be, have be, be conspiracy theorists. And there's no victims. Nobody can go, I'm a victim. They have to match up. You can't say there's experiments, thousands of experiments with no victims. That doesn't make any sense. You're right. You're absolutely right. The only thing is victims have to start talking more with facts instead of misconceptions and theories. That's the difference between a conspiracy theorist and a person who is speaking facts about a conspiracy. So if we stick with what you say, like the patent, and we stick with expert testimony, and we, you know, if we stick with those two, um, those two ways of raising awareness, which is pretty much what I do, it makes it very difficult for anyone to say that you're mentally ill or that this isn't happening. When we go off into the tangent of all this other stuff of how we think it's happening, who we think are doing this, you know, instead of sticking with what we know for sure and what we can prove, then that's when we kind of, you know, we, we do ourselves an injustice. So, you know, but I don't, you know, I try to tell people they don't want to listen. You know, we're all adults. Some of us have our own opinion. Some of us have the opinion that's being programmed into us. Some of us know the difference and some of us don't. But, but you uh, know what? You're absolutely right. You know, you know what we need? We need... <laughs> people who are willing, who have no fear, willing to, uh, like, like, uh, like Brosco, like that Brosco case, go and infiltrate, yeah. become one of them. Yeah. Learn how yeah. to become one of them. And then when enough is, enough evidence is accumulated, enough films, enough 8 by 10 glossies, that's one. We need, like, that's what we need. We need infiltrators. We need, we need people with no fear that, that have a mission. Now, that, that's what I believe. That's where I'm at. That's where my point is at. Good point. I'm, Good I'm, point. A, I'm a street. I don't, I'm, I'm not a thinker. I mean, like, I, I don't sit there and, and carry on with my, conceptual um you know um interpretation of this and that. I, I I I'm I'm I like action, like doing things. I think if we get into their groups, infiltrate them, we can expose them, make some laws, get some arrests, and then really go and move ahead. Check, check it out. There's this, this thing I found today. Um I've been looking for something that uh proves what I've been saying all along. And I saw it under science, uh, some science site. It says Nazi sun gun aimed to burn cities using huge space mirrors. Because the reason why is because I see these rays coming in my house all the time. 
And people say, you can't see this weapon. And I go, I can see it. I'm telling you, I can see it. Well, anyway, here's what it says. It says, mirror, mirror on the wall. What's the weirdest Nazi concept weapon of them all? The sun gun. (laughs) No, this is real. The German space mirror. It's a long article. I'm sure I'm not going to read it, but bottom line is let me highlight it. They put this consisting of a reflective, slightly concave disc, approximately one mile in diameter. The sun gun would focus solar rays on enemy cities and burn them. What I think they did... You seem to be uh, veering from the topic here with that. Um, And also, let me just pause here to say that we do have uh, a second guest, and we want to make sure he stays around. Uh, Nathan, if you're you're here, if you want to star eight right now, and um, so I can, um, so you can be ready, I'll introduce you in a few minutes. Uh, Here, Nathan, if you want to star eight, um, so I can uh, have you ready in just a few minutes. Um, but anyway, we're talking about um, this, this bill and its ramifications uh, for TIs. I think What's one up? of the focused um, points for us is basically to keep uh, TIs from being snatched up by the system. And as far as I know, that it's relatively easy to do uh, as long as uh, if you interface with the police to have at least one other person with you, that protects you. Um, and then if you're in a hospital situation to not talking about your targeting, and that should protect you because they'll just treat your sim- symptoms. And if, if people remember those couple of things, and also to not insist on trying to explain your targeting to your family if they are resisting. I mean, present the information. If they resist <clears throat> it, then leave it alone, and, or else you'll be at risk of being, uh, being snatched up by the system. Okay, so I think enough. those three points and uh, we'll probably be okay. Well, then, Derek, I have a question for you according to what your plan is. Okay, let's just take me. I have, they put some weird stuff in my stomach, nanobots or whatever. So I'm in the hospital. I'm saying, what, what am I going to say to them to get, you know, to get that from the rumbling out of my stomach? What would I say? Well, you just tell them that there's rumbling in your stomach and you don't have to explain what's in there. Let them find it out, you know, for themselves. You just talk about your symptoms and that's all. You don't try to tell them you have robots in your stomach because they'll take you to the psych ward. Just explain your symptoms, that you have rumbling or pains or whatever, and let them find out what that is. Let them reach their own conclusions. Okay, makes sense. Yeah. Except for it costs a lot of cash to do that, but okay. Okay. Um, okay, I haven't heard from Nathan, so I guess we can continue talking. Um, can I ask again where, where to go to sign up for, um, to donate to get a T-shirt from Tyrone? Don't need a donation. Just email me and I will mail it to you for free. Oh, all right. TI Awareness at Yahoo.com. The only I thing know. I require is that you go out, wear the T-shirt, 
uh, and hand out the pamphlets, did a video, then put it on YouTube. At least an okay. eight-minute video. That's all I require. Okay. I will do that. Um, one one yep. thing that I, I just want to ask advice for, I mean, when you just gave advice, um, uh, Derek, regarding the in, in in Timer, regarding the gentleman who was inquiring about the symptoms going in and just saying your symptoms. The thing about it is, you know, if you're in a lot of pain and you've been doing that for six years and they're still not getting it, um, what do you do then? I mean, just I guess you just have to live with it. Yeah. Right. Well, you're absolutely, you're absolutely right. You just got to live with it and understand that medication will never stop technological abuse. So what's the use of even going to try to get medical treatment when there's nothing that medical treatment can do but lead you to go into a mental institution? That's pretty much how they get us. You know, some of this stuff we just got to understand. You know, even if we go to a mental institution, they can they can have me full of uh, Sarah Quill or whatever, but that still won't stop this voice that I hear. They can have me full of Resperdal. That still won't stop me from feeling these painful vibrations, you know. So I don't even tell them what my symptoms are when I'm going to the, um, you know, when I'm forced into a mental institution. And I do I do the best I can to stay away from a hospital, you know. Now, if I'm homeless, when I am homeless, you know, and I need a place to stay for for a few hours, you know, yeah, I walk right into a hospital and say, you know what, I'm not feeling well. You know, what's wrong with you? Oh, I have headaches. And they'll give you some aspirin or something, let you lay in bed for two or three hours, and then you got to get up and leave. But, um, you know, you're absolutely right. There's really nothing we can do except to go through this stuff and try to protest. That's my advice. Derek may have other advice for you guys. But mine is we really need to get out into the public and let people know that, you know, this is the information we have. We're victims of non-consensual human experimentation. This is an evolved version of Project MKUltra. Um, you know, no one can ever deny that Project MKUltra existed. You know, they can never deny that. There's several evidence showing that it did exist, and it is talking about how, um, you know, it was a mind manipulation program. Um, and also, there are several brain-computer interface technologies developed after MKUltra. Remote neural monitoring was established on April 20th of 1976, I believe. You know, April 20th is Hitler's birthday. You know, mm. that's kind of being kind of conspiratorial, you know, conspiratorial, you know, but it's also a fact, you know. The day that remote neural monitoring went through the patent and the patent was granted was the day that Hitler was born. Crazy. Very crazy. But, yeah. um, never, you know. Never apologize for conspiracies. There's more conspiracies that are true than not true. Huh. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. <laughs> you are absolutely right. I just want to say I mean, that um, think about it. We don't work together. The thing is, is everybody that can think knows. Okay, EMTs works with fire. Who works with law? They all work together, and then they work with the court. So we got all those people working together. Well, guess what? TIs, you might find four that works together. That's you know, you don't find thousands yeah. of them that work together. So anytime they run a program, they got a lot of people to run it with. And a lot of money to and back them up. Yeah, exactly. And that's my aim with the T-shirts and the pamphlets, to try to unify us a little more. I know a lot of us don't have any money. I do get a few donations from a few people, and um, every now and then I have um, 
You know, I get, you know, jobs that I get on the Internet uh, where I can earn a few dollars. But, um, you know, I just don't see any reason to, you know, try to overcharge someone for T-shirts and pamphlets. And hopefully when you guys, you know, when you get a T-shirt and a pamphlet, you say, oh, this is something that, you know, I think there are other TIs, um, you know, should endorse. Other TIs should actually, you know, hand out this information. It's valid. You know, it's very well put together. And, you know, that way we look unified. Eventually, someone's going to see, you know, the YouTube videos, like Mike McFaith. When he first looked at them, of course he went through and picked all the um, uh, the videos that seemed kind of weird and crazy. You know, of course he tried to use those to his advantage. But if he would have seen videos of all of us, you know, looking like we have a comprehensive goal and we're looking organized, it would have made it a little difficult for him to, you know, say that these people are mentally ill. But then again, you know, the Washington Post is owned by, um, you know, by Amazon. And the New York Times, they're all owned by, you know, other people, and they're owned by people who have other agendas, you know. The CIA is pretty much in control of all of the media. You know, that's why David Boyce isn't getting any, any real TV media, you know. It, so, it's so let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. What do you think about the infiltration idea. What do you think about that? That's how law enforcement makes major, 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 major busts. Yeah. They didn't, it's they didn't know what. It's going to be difficult. That's my, well, yeah, I'll tell you something. I'm a difficult dude and I have no fear. And when they have, I, I, but they have 24 I, hour surveillance on us. Okay. So, I mean, let's, let's, Okay, I understand what you're saying. Let me just kind of let me okay. Let me kind of let me kind of answer it that's, for you this that's way. What, that's what um, I want. Yeah, sure. We are we are up against a superior opponent. Okay, this opponent that we're up against has satellites that they can look at us 24/7. Um, they have technology that can read our thoughts. So the moment that we start thinking about doing some kind of infiltration, they've already picked up on it. And they also have people who are afraid of them, who are going to work against us. Even right here in our own in our own community of TIs, there are people who are afraid of being attacked. There are people who are, you know, happy with the life that they have, so they're willing to go against us. Now, we already had one infiltrator. Why don't we use the infiltrator that we had and put out all of that information first? You know, Robert Duncan says that I'm throwing him under the bus, but you know what, hey, it's not throwing him. He threw himself under the bus the moment that he came out and said that this information is happening. So why don't more of us, you know, say, look, this is someone who works for the CIA. The CIA is known for doing non-consensual human experimentation. Bill Clinton apologized. You know, he had a huge book. And if you look at the video, people are literally laughing when he's talking about how, you know, how thick the book is of um, government non-consensual human experimentation. So we present that information to the public first. Maybe some of these other people who are involved will come out and say, you know what, this, you know, th- this is immoral. This is wrong, you know. The, right. the biggest right. thing but, uh, just, just so you, you keep in mind, just because he apologized doesn't mean he's not behind it and doesn't mean he's continuing it and, and making a fortune off of it and going to continue it. Matter of fact, uh, this new thing, this health program that Hillary Clinton's going to support once she, if she becomes the president, that's enough. That's going to put the finishing touches on us. So, if, I, if you were voting for her, I would look care, very carefully. At Tyrone was on a roll. Tyrone was on a roll. 
Are you know, I think uh, I think Big Pharma is behind all of this too because they're funding everything. But the problem is, is that two percent of the population really does need medication. You know, I've been talking to a woman who uses my phone sometimes. She uses my phone sometimes and she talks to herself on the phone. She talks to herself all the time. But there's only 2% of the population that needs it. So my question is, is like, if you're going to get a job for Big Pharma, if you're going to get a job for Big Pharma, then, and, you know, I, I saw your LinkedIn page and, um, you know, you got your computer skills and everything. But, you know, why would you put on there that you're a targeted individual and that you're, like, uh, attacked with directed energy weapons? Because, I mean, how are you going to find a job uh, doing that? Actually, you know what? I have no problem finding a job. And to be honest with you, more people when I go in for interviews are interested in, why are you the CEO of TI Awareness LLC? What is it that you do? What, what, what is it that you do? So I don't have an issue with the the issue I have when I when I get jobs. So you don't think it's going to find you're going to hurt your chances of finding work? Then you think you think it's going to no. hurt and say that no. this person's like nope. part of some uh, nope. conspiracy and that nope. you're being directed energy weapon and no, who's going to hire somebody like that? You I just guess you know what? Listen, I just told you. I I am, it might I am help the you CEO. Hey, hold on, hold on. One person can only talk at a time. Let Tom finish his point, and then you can speak. I am an author and an activist. I am not portraying myself as a victim when I go into these jobs, okay? Whenever, and if you look on my LinkedIn page, it doesn't say anything about me being a victim. It says that I am an author and an activist raising awareness. So when people ask me, what is this about? Okay, very few people look at the interview with Robert Duncan to know that I am a victim, to know that I'm talking about my experiences. But Robert really Duncan is a CIA person, and they have a life contract. So that's something else to consider, too. So that might be why he's not rubbed out or anything, or they haven't taken him out. You know, he's helped us a lot and things like that, but you do sign a life contract. Okay, you know? have you seen that contract? That's what they do. You have a life contract. If you sit there and you talk so. about it, that's so. a life contract. You can sit there and resign, but you still, if they bring you back in, they could still do that. So that's, that's how they operate. Making these wild accusations, all right? It's not a, okay. it is a life contract. Okay, right. And you can ask right. him why, about his Navy career, and then you could sit there and ask him why he's getting paid $3 million over the next three years, including his salary. Okay, that's all i got to say. David Rose is my name. Thanks for your opinion. All right, um, we do have one other person that we need to um, to bring into the conversation for tonight. And uh, why don't we close up this conversation because it's going in many directions? Uh, basically, Tyrone wanted to say that he's having um, he's uh, promoting this event on Tuesday, and uh, he wants to talk about T-shirts. We want to talk about uh, flyers and, and things like that in support of it. And uh, if, uh, if you have any final comments about this activism event, we'll entertain those for a few minutes, and then we'll need to move on to our second guest. All right. Well, I'd just like to tell everyone, um, you know, I appreciate the conversation tonight. Uh, it seems like a lot of people are, you know, very interested and concerned about 2646 when it comes to the Jimmy Kimmel, that's something else um, that seems like people who want to get out in the public. Um, Humanity Warriors is actually their event. It's not my event. I am just supporting 
the fact that it's a you know an opportunity to get the message out to the public um you know and as far as the t-shirts and the pamphlets that i have you know that's just something that i'm trying to do to bring more organization you know a little more class a little more organization to you know what we're doing you know so we can become more of a um a group of people who have the same ideas uh we can kind of hive mind ourselves so to speak you know and become unified and once we become unified um, the public will be willing to accept, you know, what the information that we have. And, uh, you know, as long as we present it the right way, um, you know, I don't I, I don't see how they're going to be able to continue to do this, you know, if we as TIs who know what's going on uh, get out into the public. So we can take the same spirit that we have here on these phone calls, you know, the same tenacity, uh, the same fire and get out into the public. I um, you know, I think we can at least have a fighting chance. Okay. Um, all right, Tyrone, thanks for your uh, presentation tonight. We're going to go ahead and move along to our second guest uh, this evening. This is my information. It's Nathan Daly. Uh, Nathan, if you want to start a... And Nathan has some information for us. He'd like to speak to us about his success recently in a court case. And also, he'd like to talk about a strategy for addressing cruelty to pets. And um, he has uh, some very important information for the group. So, um, let's see. Nathan, are you there? I am, Derek. Okay. Thank you, Nathan, and welcome to the call. Thank you for having Uh me. Yeah, if you want to speak about um, uh, your situation a little bit, um, maybe give a little background before you begin, and we'd just like to know, you know, what's going on with you. Hi, this is Derek, and thanks for calling. Yes, uh, well, you know, when I first started uh, uh, getting uh, uh, targeted that I was aware of with the organized stalking before, all the diagnosis with the uh, frequencies and entities and nanotechnology. Uh, one of my dogs, my rescue dogs, was given uh, 12 pieces of, of leather and he had a surgery to save his life. And $6,000 later, he, in three weeks in an emergency, he made it through. And then my other rescue dog um, was poisoned to where his, he's a Sharpe, his eyes were closed up. They, they gave him some kind of poison to where um, his whole face was swollen up, and uh, he made it through. He made it through as well. But uh, I've been fortunate enough in the last year and a half that I've had uh, several high-profile, I believe, high-profile activists and service people in the TI community stay with me, and we've documented um, when uh, my dogs have gone to certain areas of the house and um where uh we've been able to with uh with the with the frequency uh uh, uh whatever it's called with the frequency thing uh that that Shelley had she was able to to see where they were hitting one of my dogs doing in the hallway then we had several other TIs that have witnessed the dogs trying to eat and uh one of my dogs doing um he uh will go to his bowl and he'll, he'll like look up in the air 
and then he'll he'll back away from his bowl and he's hungry. And so we basically have come to the conclusion with everyone and everyone I've dealt talked to with experts that the whole house, obviously, as we know, can be compromised with the frequencies and all the different technologies that they're able to use, including smart meters and satellites. But what I what I have found uh, with pushing my case forward with physical evidence now, as well as uh, the entities and the frequencies and the body equipment that's been used for the electronic part, um, and a forensic um, a 23-page on the organized stocking part, which, of course, as we all know, is very difficult with the gray area open to interpretation. I did a lot of background work with the different businesses involved, and I was able to get some some very good documentation on uh, infiltration of these of these companies um, across the gambit, as we know. Uh, everyone is touched in the corporate world with this um, insidious program. So basically what my approach is now is that I've also got my dogs scanned. They've also been compromised with nanotechnology as well as frequencies. And um, and we're, we're kind of thinking that there's some kind of a, a program going on with the dogs and myself with frequencies and chips. And so the next phase is to see the frequencies and the entities match with the signals that are in me as well as the dogs. But my approach here in Tucson has been to knowing that I am a whistleblower and I have stood up on a couple of different occasions to some high power corporations. That uh, that one thing that is across the gambit, across the board of everyone that I have spoken to, I have non-TI support as well as TI support, I'm very lucky, is that uh, they find it appalling as we all do that they would go after our pets or our animals that are innocent to everything that need us to survive. And um, so my approach is basically twofold. One is, is, you know, you may not like whistleblowers. You may have, you know, some people consider them heroes. Some people consider them traitors. And a lot of people are in between depending on the circumstances. But everyone I seem to come across to in the city, uh, federal government agencies, um, Detectives, investigative teams, um, all across the board, is it's appalling that they've gone after my dogs and they continue to compromise my dogs. And again, I'm lucky that I've had some very knowledgeable and very um, brave TIs that have stayed with me and have seen what happens to my dogs. And uh, so my my approach is going to be is going to be run my case not only me, but my dogs, twofold. So eventually PETA will become on board. Of course, that's kind of uh, an interesting proposition as well because you know, there's a lot of experimentation going on with animals uh, and you just kind of wonder where they're touched, if they are touched. So my you, you approach... Mentioned, you mentioned the meter... Yes. Um, excuse me? Hello? 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 I can hear you. I don't know where Derek and everybody went. Oh, 
Well, that's good. I'm glad because I, I went muted and unmuted. And uh, and so uh, basically, yeah, I don't know where everyone is. I, I know. I don't either, but it feels like they're gone. <laughs> oh, he said one minute. I got a, I got a little text. Oh, okay. Well, that's strange, huh? Is this Nathan? Yes. Yeah. I think it's a brilliant idea. People well, care more about animals than they do people. They do. They do. I, mean, yeah. I love animals. I care more about animals than people. But it's like babies and animals. That'll get them. I know. That's been tough. You know, I, I'm going through uh, I'm going through savings, but I, but I just feel like this is the way. I mean, there's something here that, the experts in my case feel that there's some kind of, besides the other non-consensual experimentation going on, um, this is something that um, that is different because they're the first dogs that have been scanned by uh, Columbia Investigations. That's brilliant. And you really, you know, I used to live in Tucson. You're really having luck in Tucson, huh? Well, I've been here most of my life, but it, it's brutal oh. with the Border Patrol and the and the bases everywhere. We've got a CIA base in Penal Air Park, and then we got Davis Monthan, and we yeah. got TPD, of course. Sometimes I think I got started targeted when I was in Tucson, lived there. A lot of military, air bases, all kinds of stuff, you know. Okay. Um, Barbara, sorry? If I just hold on for just a few minutes. Um, I would like to, um, to finish... Uh, uh, let Nathan finish his presentation, and then we'll bring everyone, all the other callers in. If you just hold on for just a couple minutes uh, more, and uh, and let uh, Nathan finish. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure what happened there. Do you know what happened, Derek? <laughs> okay, basically, um, I had to mute the whole call, and then um, then so I can unmute your line, and so that you can have the floor. Okay. Uh, exclusively for this particular portion. And then I'm going to bring in the caller so that they can ask questions. So that's okay. generally the way we do it. Uh, sure. So uh, please go ahead. Yeah, and I'm almost finished. So they, uh, I feel they are burning me up. Like uh, I'm just profusely sweating here. So they're they're doing the old heat action that we all know about. So, uh, But in, in closing, I'm just hoping that through uh, uh, Dr. Stanger that uh, – the dogs, uh, once they are uh, all the frequencies and all that, and if there's matches, then that's going to be very powerful. So it's it's a different approach. Not only my frequencies and entities and body equipment used for me and nanotechnology, but the nanotechnology of my dogs, the frequencies, entities, and body equipment as well. And then I was able, uh, through surgery, to get physical evidence out. So, um, um, And that will be part of the case as well. And I'm going to push the organized stocking part hard as well because I've worked so hard on trying to document that, and that's the toughest part, as we all know, um, of our cases. It can get us compromised, as we all know, and get us get us locked up for a while. And that, that's it. Thank you, Derek. Okay. Um, one of the things that I'd like for you to talk about also, uh, Nathan, and hopefully we can get into a discussion about this, is um, the witnessing you were telling me about that. There are several individuals 
that uh, that you brought uh, to your home at certain, uh, on certain occasions, and they were able to witness uh, the targeting that you were experiencing with your pets and other things. So if you want to talk a little bit about that. Well, sure. Uh, these people from our, our community that have stayed with me off and on, it was never just to have the dogs. It was just to kind of hang out and do service work. And, you know, like when we did the, the council meeting of organized stocking here in Tucson, Derek, you know, just during those time periods, people have been able to witness and document and then get it over to uh, Dr. Ben from my forensic part. What has been really lucky for me, I mentioned to Derek today, and then um, you know, you know, shut up, is that, uh, is that uh, the community I, I, I live in, that um, some of the board members actually have pulled me to the side, spent a couple hours with me with another TI, and have said that they believe I'm being targeted, bullied, and harassed in the community. And uh, they get horrendous emails from, from residents that don't even make sense. Um, they've seen the trafficking on the street. They've seen the bizarre behavior. Uh, they've seen people trying to engage into situations and then to create basically fabrications. And then uh, one person I actually took to court and one, one in court here in the residential community. I've been able to get my lawyer to document organized stalking and police, and police retaliation from the police at the park. I've been able to get that into the court system as well. Um, I've also worked with a couple of federal agencies. But what's the most important thing is that the community now I live in, uh, they have stopped uh, being so evasive and engaging in strange um, situations. Uh, we still have the unlawful entries that people that have stayed with me in my townhome have witnessed where we'll come home and the water bowls will be spilled or things will be moved, uh, things will be compromised, things will be misplaced for a day. Uh, they have no problem doing it when people have stayed with me that are TIs. And, uh, and so we've been able to still have that, and I still have that when I come home because uh, I do live alone with my dogs. But uh, other than that, uh, a lot of the other stuff has, uh, has dissipated in the, in the neighborhood as far as, as people trying to engage in conversations and, and extreme intense gaslighting has really dissipated. Okay, that's the point I was trying to get to, Nathan is that because of a lot of the witnessing that was happening around you, it has reduced your targeting. And this is some of the things, um, this is one of the tactics that we like to employ over the next few months as we start to gather into groups, uh, support groups in various areas, that if we can start a program where we witness each other's targeting, um, this was a theory of mine um, a while back, but now um, Nathan here is expressing that that tactic has reduced his targeting. It's cut back on his, um, his uh, group stalking. And basically it's simply that if, he, if we start to witness for each other, each other's targeting, uh, the stalking, the harassment, that that would... Um, that would cut into their game. It would reduce your own level of harassment. It's a very simple and very easy process. And if we can organize guys, if we can get TIs to do that much, to help each other that much, it could reduce your targeting. It can, 
it can even possibly reduce your electronic attacks. If we can get people to witness what is happening to you, you know, take notes, you know, take videos, pictures, whatever, um, just the witnessing alone could cut back on the targeting because that presents a threat to the, tar- to, uh, to the perpetrators and they could get caught. If we, if we start producing these radio frequency devices that pick up on their signals and they start being discovered, you know, then it's that house where the signal is coming from. And we get um, the information, the uh, radio frequencies, uh, we get video footage, uh, evidence of some type. Um, if we start to point out who the culprits are in the community in some way, that will reduce the targeting on the victim. So there are things that we can do if we start to strategize, but we have to, uh, to learn to work together, to brainstorm um, as far as, as helping each other, and we help ourselves in the process. So um, this is something that Nathan has discovered that his, his group stalking has diminished. So that is significant. So um, I'm talking about uh, webcamming. I'm talking about radio frequency devices that gather evidence. Uh, someone's asking about uh, something in the chat. Now, all these things that if we can come together, you know, one by one, uh, uh, three or four people to gather at one person's house and we gather whatever evidence is around, if we can witness um, the, the sensitivity training, if we can witness uh, the stalkers that come around, if we can witness um, the vandalism, whatever is happening uh, for each other, then that, uh, and if we do that regularly, it's going to take more than one time to do this. It's, it's going to have to be a regular event. Um, we can help each other to reduce our own targeting just by doing that. Okay, so um, this the, is kind the of last thing, Derek, the last thing I wanted to mention is that you're aware of is that the radi- I've had some radiation burns on my groin and I've had hair samples sent and they've came back with, uh, with, with radiation poisoning that we've discussed as well as a 95% tile for uranium and antimony and, uh, and then aluminum, arsenic, barium, lead, thorium, tin, and titanium and calcium, copper, and zinc all over 50%. So what my doctor here is now doing that works for integrative medicine, she's doing four different tests for the metals. I'm doing... Uh, a urine test, and then I'm doing a six-hour urine test with, with mixtures that gets sent uh, to Dr. Data to get analyzed. And two different blood tests where they split my red blood cells, and they're trying to find the source of the radiation poisoning. So uh, that is also right. going on uh, as well at the same time. Uh, so I'm having four tests done there with the radiation burns too. So with this physical evidence, as well as the surgery evidence, and everything, then I'm, I'm putting the the dog side by side with me because if they don't, you know, if they don't like whistleblowers, well, my dogs are uh, rescue dogs, and, and and like like anyone's animal that's been compromised in this horrible program, it's uh, you know, hopefully uh, that's going to help us all get relief for our pets at the very least. I'm hoping. Okay, so. Um... 
And that's why I felt it was important, uh, Nathan, for you to be heard tonight because you're raising some very important uh, issues for the community. There are things that we can do, and just by helping each other, we can help ourselves. And this is an, an example of what can happen for someone, you know, if we can get uh, people, uh, TIs working together, um, helping one individual, and, uh, and, you know, and, you know, we can help each other uh, in the same way, uh, we, can, we can reduce our own targeting. And it's, it's one of the methods that we have at our disposal, and it doesn't cost anything, and we don't have to ask anybody if we can do it. We don't have to go to anybody to, uh, to look for help. These are things that we can do to help ourselves. So um, Nathan was able to reduce some of his, uh, his group stalking just by this method. I don't know if he planned to do that, but it was a result of what was happening uh, for him uh, when he had friends to come over and they would begin to see what was happening and uh, take note and things like that. So the same method can be applied uh, anywhere uh, where we have groups of TIs together. If we can get them to work, start working together um, and employ this, the same method, we can start to reduce um, our own targeting. Um, and I think this is something that can happen uh, immediately for people. Uh, there are places that have um, uh, clusters of TIs, like Seattle, like San Diego, like Los Angeles, uh, like New York, like Texas, uh, Dallas, Austin, Houston. All those areas have dozens of TIs that are clustered together. If they were to start to work together, they could, uh, in theory, as shown by what... Uh, Nathan has just explained, we could begin to reduce our targeting. So this is some of the things that we'd like to work on for the coming months, gathering TIs um, and start, starting to strategize as to how we can help each other and help ourselves in the process and at the same time reduce uh, the targeting uh, that people are experiencing. So this is proof that it can happen. So um, thank you, Nathan. This is one of the reasons I wanted to have him to present tonight to show you guys what is possible if we can come together and start to work together. So thanks for sharing that, Nathan. You're welcome, uh, Gareth. So um, at this time, uh, there are a, a number of individuals that would like to speak. Um, if you'd like to have, Nathan, do you have time to answer some questions and talk to people? Sure, sure. If anyone has any questions that I can answer, I should okay. try. Okay. Uh, if you have questions for Nathan, um, feel free at this time to start eight as we begin our discussion. Nathan? Yes? Um, I have a couple of questions about your test. Um, the hair sample, was it the uranium that gave the um, diagnosis of radiation poisoning? What I had was uh, it, I was getting, um, it was happening a lot at work. I was getting um, 
these severe burns on my groin area at work, unfortunately. I'd go, get off of work and I could barely walk. And then uh, my doctor diagnosed them as radiation burns, so we, we took some oh. hair samples from that area. And then, so it was uh, the radiation burns that gave her the diagnosis of radiation poisoning rather than, because arsenic and lead isn't radiation, I guess uranium is. Well, with the radiate, the burns, we had to take the hair samples and we had to send them to get analyzed. And when the hair samples from that area in my groin area were analyzed, they came back with, um, with 95 percentile. Uh, for uranium, and I hope I'm pronouncing this right, animony, and then 68% for aluminum, arsenic, barium, lead, thorium, tin, and titanium, and then yeah, 50% results. Metals. I had um, the urine test, and all of those came out high on my metal test. So I was just wondering if it was, well, anyway, I was just wondering how they kind of came to the conclusion that it was radiation poisoning. Okay, um, that, the other thing, you had two blood tests to find the source of the radiation. Do you know what those blood tests were called? Um, I'm having two blood tests done. Uh, I don't exactly know the, let me see if I, I don't know the exact name of them, but I'm having two where they split the red blood cell. Uh, my doctor is working with the number one metal uh, doctor in the world, actually, my doctor here, the integrative health doctor. And then all this hair sample was sent uh, to L.A. to be um, analyzed uh, by Dr. Stanninger as well. And uh, so this hair sample stuff came back uh, uh, from her and then with my doctor. And then they're working with, like, this leading metals doctor in, in the world, actually, who is who, after seeing this test with the hair samples, recommended I do these for just a urine sample and then um, just straight up, and then I got a pre and a post urine sample to take. I have to mix stuff, and then that's sent out. And then I have two uh, two blood tests that they actually did. And let's see if I got what it's called here. Uh, um, uh, no, they didn't. I don't exactly know the exact names of it, but it's two. It's two blood tests that actually break it up as well. So they're using all four tests to verify the different metals, the percentage of the metals, and the source of the radiation poisoning that I'm receiving um, in my body. And then also the, the report came back that the biosensors utilized to direct remote energy weapons, satellites, microwave, laser, and other energy sources to a specific target, Nathan Daly, will be composed of silicone and silicone nitrates, et cetera, nanosilicones, um, and then integrative circuit innovations for semiconductor networks, and the bar of the waveguide with the copper and the zinc and the metal. So basically, Dr. Stanger says the metals that are showing up at the percentages that should be really zero uh, are all due to the technology that is being used against me. Oh, you're kidding! Because as well, have, as, um, as, well as the rattlesnakes a long time ago, and all of those that you named were very high. They were over the line. So, so I hear you saying that can actually be proof of radiation poisoning. Yes, basically the results for specific toxic, toxic and essential elements analyzed in the hair have significant values as related to radiation poisoning. 
oh. or use a radioactive material to to direct a remote energy source. Wow. To so that's basically that's what came back from the hair sample, and now we're confirming and then trying to find the source of the high metals through these four tests. And um, and basically, I would love if you ever found out to find out the name of these blood tests. That are they're trying to find the source of the radiation. Well, sure, sure, I can find Ever out what find exactly that what they are. Yeah, that, I can actually get the names of those tomorrow. But basically, the antimony, the vanadium, vanadium, and the uranium values are at or near 97.5 percentile for exposure in me. Values for these materials should be zero for me, as well as the other wow. values above the that 50 was percentile. Way up there. It was maybe 80 percent, 85 on those. Oh, so now we have Derek, possibly, you know, a, a lead here on what people should be getting. Well, I um, I was told I live in the East Coast, and I approached um, a couple of bureaus and um, sat had sat downs with them, had sit downs, and they said, okay, you come back to us, you need two things. I said, well, what's that? And Derek hit it on the nose with one. You need witnesses at the time, you know, when it's happening. You need witnesses. And number two, you need medical proof that's signed off. Now, this gentleman seems to have both. And I do believe, sir, you have one of the strongest cases that I have yet to hear of, and and I've been involved with quite a few, um, and and you're right on the mark. I I believe you'll. In fact, I'd go so far as to say you're going to be the first one to make a precedent. Well, well yeah, and I, I agree with that, uh, Joe, and. That's one of the reasons that I was glad that Nathan um, offered to be on tonight because he is basically uh, an example of what can happen and what, what should happen uh, for TIs. If we're wondering what we can do to gather evidence, this is what you can do. And it's not difficult and it doesn't have to cost thousands of dollars, okay? Basically what Nathan did is uh, he got a hair sample, and I think he either has or is going to get a urine sample and a blood test. Those three things. And he's gotten a hair, uh, he's received already the hair uh, test back. And there's some, he's kind of went over those results. Um, but I'm anxious. Um, we're waiting to see the results of the blood test. Because that is really going to be key. It's one of the things that's going to be key um, for everyone else. Because just about anyone can get a blood test if they're working with a doctor, or if they they have access to a clinic, they can get a blood test. And if we can notice a trend with these blood tests uh, in the within the community, that would speak volumes on our behalf. We won't have to struggle so hard to prove that we are being uh, attacked with microwave weapons if that shows some indication for it. So, um, Nathan, if you could, when, when you get those, we'd appreciate it. The names of the blood tests, and, you know, we already know doctor's data on the urine. 
like the specifics, you know. Let us know about that. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, I can get those uh, tomorrow. And the most the important thing that I'm trying to stress to to what to everyone that that is PIs and non PIs in in what I'm trying to do is that I'm really trying to push the organized stocking to the forefront. I've been doing so much research on how fusion centers and how it's all mixed into where your landscapers are actually you know they're they're like little CIA people. They're they're put into a fusion center with all the utilities and the fire and the police. And fusion centers gather data on us in every city, and it's separate from police reports and incident reports. But it's all going into a uh, a system to where if you have an issue with your gas company and you file a grievance, then you can be put into the fusion center and you can be organized stocked by this entire. 75 to 100 companies that are in every city that are part of these fusion centers that are gathering information that are are not available to the community. And anything can be texted and documented into that from these people that are around you doing service work throughout the community, whether it's a donut delivery person, whether it's a pizza place. And, that, and I'm trying to push the organized stocking and how this is what is corrupting a lot of people to where they're put on community notification lists uh, because they've pissed somebody off and then everyone is text say, hey, you know, this guy is a grade two violent person because he raised his voice in the community, so you got a couple people giving you a hard time at the park, and then it goes back to the organized stocking. And so that's what I'm pushing because a lot of TIs, as we know, we've lost our income or, or uh, we've lost our jobs, and so... So that's the one thing that uh, that happens to a lot of people. That if they have other people as witnesses, that that that's something that when you don't have a lot of money, like Derek says, if we can get TIs to document for TIs, then I mean I'm fortunate enough to still have my job, and I'm able to put other resources into it. But uh, I mean that's where the insidious program is really at the forefront to begin with, the organized stocking, in my opinion, the fusion centers, the community notifications, which uh, basically start, um, and then the gathering of the information and, and going from there. And that's just my, that's just my opinion on, on what I'm going to try to bring to the forefront because it's happening everywhere. I'd like to ask Nathan a question. Uh, yes, go ahead, please. This is Dorothy. Oh, hi, Dorothy. Hi. Um, where is Nathan, where are you, Nathan, that you were able to um, have people witness your pet being tortured? Um, I, I live in Tucson, so I have, uh, I've had a couple people from Phoenix stay with me on a few different occasions, as well as from Yuma, as well as a person that uh, Derek has known for a lot longer than me from uh from Virginia. Oh, so they were from out of town. They weren't local. No, I I I, I don't have really any Tucson TIs that I hang out with. Uh-huh. So, but uh, but if I was able to, uh, uh, I'm fortunate enough that I have availability here uh, at my house in an extra room. And mm-hmm. so, if um, if there was a Tucson TI that that I was able to. Uh, um, 
get to know and they wanted to hang out, then we could document for each other and I could help them out as well. Um, if they're a part of the organized stocking, again, some PIs don't have the organized stocking as we know. But uh, the ones that have stayed with me, uh, we all, uh, fortunately or unfortunately, we've all dealt with uh, intense organized stocking, except one that it had dissipated uh, after uh, um, basically the marriage dissolved. But everybody else uh, has still a lot of organized stocking in their lives on a daily basis that have stayed with me. Well, that's right. and that's the, a very good idea. Yeah, and for the um, electronic attacks, we can do something similar. Uh, if someone finds themselves under attack, there are people that they should call, that they could call to come over, and then they could also witness the attacks um, and gather evidence, such as uh, with the radio frequency devices um, and other types of evidence. Uh, for that person. Uh, now, they might turn off the signal before um, before TIs get there, but if they do, that's a good thing. Um, but in the meantime, um, if the person has a device, they can begin themselves to gather some uh, signal direction, and that might help. And if they don't have that information, then uh, other TIs can bring that. So, um, you know, when we come to each other's aid, I think that is really, if we can start to do that, I think that's going to make a difference in our targeting. It, it has with the people that I've reciprocated with some of these people I've been able to. It's been a very powerful experience. It wasn't, it wasn't meant to, I didn't intentionally go out to do that, but, but we've kind of been there for each other with banking and things downtown and other uh, venues like conference calls with a phone on, on on a conference call and being there as a witness and 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 all of a sudden there's been some some relief for them as well where you know now they're able to bank easier and they're able to deal with this and, and it's kind of gone away. And so not only has it helped me but I've been able to help others by by being there with a notepad. And, and them having a situation and me documenting and vice versa, uh, having somebody there with a notepad and going into a situation where I shouldn't really be dealing with this stuff, I mean, on a weekly basis or a monthly basis and trying to find resolution. And once somebody came with a, with a pad and documented it, then I have no more problems with that business. Okay, excellent, excellent, uh, Nathan. This is really important for us to get as a community. Um, these are things that we can do without having uh, to have the authorities uh, to help us. And we don't have to go to anybody to do this. We can do this ourselves. Um, and it would, have, it would be effective for us. And I was told by the one last thing. I was told by someone in the Attorney General's office a couple years ago that at all you don't want to call the police. This is just from. This was just an opinion given to me. That's not. A, I'm not giving this to anyone else. But for me, the best advice I ever got was to stop filing police reports on unlawful entries, on damage, on um, my dogs getting sick. Uh, once I got away from from 
making police reports, whether um, through the computer or over the phone, um, things got better for me because uh, they they were not they are not my friends, and uh, and in my targeting, um, they are part of my evidence. Right. To deal with the police, uh, to deal with the police safely, all you need is one other person. Um, I've never seen a situation where the police hauled anyone away that had someone with them. So all I you need is just one, one, one other person, okay? Whether you want to file a police report, whether you want to make um, visit a station, just have one other person with you. That's all you need. And... Um, you may be able to get the cooperation and assistance of the police to what to whatever capacity they're willing to work with you, okay? So, um, I mean, you could start a relationship with them um, or, you know, file police reports. But anyway, to deal, to deal with the police, I'm not sure about hospitals. That's a different story. But... Um, I would recommend just one other person and you can do whatever you want. You know, it's just they they get concerned uh, if someone is alone and they're complaining about things that they've never heard of, they conclude the person is has mental issues and then possibly a danger, then they take sometimes they take the extra step of saying that we need to haul this person in for observation. So it's just when you're alone that you take that risk. But just one other person can make all the difference in the world. And uh, that's advice I would, you know, give to the community. And uh, it's, it may not always be available, but if so, you know, just take one other person with you. I have never called the police, so that wasn't my issue. What I'd like to know is... Um, well, that's only for just, you know, in general situations, okay, when you're dealing with the police. I would like to know if, if you're, you got the blood test for your dog at local or did you go to um, Missouri to Columbia investigating? Oh, I, I have not had the blood work done on my dogs. I've had them scanned. And then all the evidence is now with uh, uh, with uh, integrative medicine in LA, and then all the all that data, like with me getting scanned and the frequencies uh, coming, and then the entities coming, and then the body equipment. That process is going to be done uh, with the dogs, and then we're going to see if there's a match cross reference on any of the frequencies, which on uh, some TIs uh, when they've gone through that that whole procedure they have the same matching frequencies. Uh, and so uh, they're in the same, quote, same kind of handler, program, et cetera. So uh, once all that data comes back on the dogs, besides them already having nanotechnology like myself, they have been diagnosed with nanotechnology from hair samples that were done in person in L.A., so they have nanotechnology that they shouldn't even have, like myself. I have rattlesnake toxins and nano anchors and and yeah. uh, all that kind of stuff going on as well, besides all the other stuff. So that's that's they have not had the blood test that I'm having done. Um, this is all just took place in the last week after the hair samples came back, uh-huh. and then I went and got a, got surgery on the East Coast, and I had 
uh, I had four implants oh. taken out from behind my ear. Instrument, then Mark. So you you didn't have to take your dog to to um, California. Uh, I was able to uh, have my dog stud here in the state of Arizona. I didn't have to travel with my dogs to Missouri. I was fortunate. And when I did the hair samples, I I drove them from Tucson to L.A. and did it in person because I was because I've had a lot of male oh, issues with compromise. So I did everything in person with the dogs. That's good. All right. I've had my dog tested for chips. I didn't tell them what chips I was looking for, but they told me, two two veterinarians have told me that they he didn't have a chip. chip. But I'm in an area of uh, that's very, very military, and um, I came from the FBI training center, you know, four miles from there. So I've moved to Jacksonville, and it's very military. I don't have anyone here that I could even take the dog to find out if he has a chip. So what do I, what do I buy to find out what what he has in him? Well, uh, uh, Belinda with Columbia Investigations found uh, found frequencies in in my dog's different parts of their bodies where there could be a sensor or a chip besides their uh, their microchip uh, that is, was done by the vet for the GPS tracker in, in their body. So they have other sensors and frequencies coming from parts of their brain as well as parts of their body. So at that point, this is all new territory for the um, the, the the investigating team that's working on, on me and my dogs. So I'm not really sure um, uh, if, uh, you know, once we get get to that point, then I don't know if there's a vet that will actually take out uh, non-consensual chips that are put in dogs' ears or, or in the rest of their body. That will be the next step. I would have to find a, a, a doctor that has integrity on the veterinarian side that could yeah. actually remove those. But they can always access the GPS chip I hear with a satellite to do a lot of the stuff that they're doing with the additional chips, allegedly. Wow. Well, I've had I've actually uh, gone on Twitter and and uh, asked for help from the TIs. What can I do because the dog is being tortured, and um, I am too. But I I can deal with what I'm you know going through. But the dog can't even cry out loud. You know. I know. It's really, and you know what my point too, what I, the other thing I wanted to say was, do you think that you could, or we could get help from the ASPCA? I don't know. I I, I don't know. I'm I'm so swamped that I, 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 I'm just kind of like, I'm kind of like, I don't want to go into territories where I, I, I don't have any support or people that yeah. work with, you know, I'm kind of like, I'm kind of like wanting to not go somewhere where I don't know where right. it can end up. I, I understand. Yes, that's true. I, I just happen to be working on this problem myself, what I can do. And I got so desperate, I thought, well, perhaps I, I know people do care for animals. And like you said, or, or someone on the call said, they they're more they think more of animals sometimes than they do people. It's like 
usually if a child is being tortured, somebody will stand up and say something. But an animal okay, also, uh, but an animal Nathan? can't even cry like a child can. He, they right. can't yeah. tell you what's happening. Okay, did you say something about getting PETA involved? Yes, there will be a point where um, once all this gets back uh, from uh, Dr. Stanger on the dogs, then uh, at that point, and we can cross-reference stuff, and we have everything in place, then at that point, then we can go, listen, I've got these entities and frequencies. The dogs have the entities and frequencies. I have this nanotechnology. They have this nanotechnology. This is crossed over. This is the body equipment being used by uh, by companies on me. This are the satellites. This is the body equipment on them. If at, at, whenever we're done connecting with us, we can connect, and then at that point, then it'll be time to bring PETA into the fold with uh, the other. There's a federal agency as well as a personal lawyer that has worked with a high-profile TI case on the East Coast. Uh, a very high-profile case. And so between those two, um, the feds or the uh, the attorney, and then we'll just all go at the same time. And when it's time to move, then I'm going to move forward. But I have to make sure that the organized stocking that is so open to interpretation is just so insidious and has been such so, for me that I just need, if I that's got to be right up there. And that can be discredited. Uh, I understand. I understand, but I think I've, I've done enough work to where it won't be. But that is so important for TIs because that's where a lot of TIs, when they don't have money, and they say, listen, this is what's going on around me, and you know what? If I can get that right there in the court case, right up there with all the other evidence, then uh, that is my hope. That's that's my hope. It, yes. Because that's that, the part that that you know they they love to to lock us away on and and uh, so unfairly. I realize that is it, it, it is a t- um, I have that also and it's so invasive that I've been given my husband was poisoned and I have been given bad food and now when I go into a restaurant sometimes with my family because they want to go out or something, I get a bad dish, you know, that there's, they they serve the family, but I'm the one that gets the dish that can't eat. Um, so I know the, that the gang stalking is a big problem, and it's something that I've dealt with for 13 years, and I've also dealt with the electronic attacks um, everything that everybody else has. So, um, but I do want to keep in touch with you because I have to go that way too. I have to go and have the the uh, body test and the. I know when if I am chipped when it was done, and I know exactly the day that the dog was chipped because he would go outside and when he came in, he would be trying to move his shoulders. He was very uncomfortable. And it was a little bit later that they started hitting him or using the chip to to torture him. 
Um, and like I said, I, w- I went on uh, Twitter and there's um, James um, Lico was one of the pre- people that were going back and forth. So everyone in the town that I used to live in um, is aware of the fact that I know the dog was chipped and, um, you know, the TIs do. But, of course, I didn't have anybody right in the house when when uh, they did it. They don't do it when my family is around. They don't do it to me when my family is around. They're very wily. So uh, I don't have anybody. Even if somebody came here, they probably wouldn't do it when they came. So then what do I do? I don't have any witnesses to to it. Other than my family has taken me in the car and has seen the, the high beams on in the daytime. That's the only thing that they they could say yes they saw. So um but I do want to to uh follow through with the uh, the testing and so but I'm going to see how you make out with your your dog. May may I ask you to what symptoms the dogs have because a lot of dogs are having seizures here and I thought maybe it was smart meters. Now maybe I'm starting to rethink can you kind of say some of the the symptoms? Were seizures ever a, a symptom? The the same thing that they do to me. They make his body convulse. Oh, and so you would call it kind of a seizure then? Well, yes, but it's. I had a dog that had seizures. That this is different. He will be. Um, he'll be laying down and. All of a sudden, his back end will flip up. And one time, they did it so hard that it put him in a daze. He he, and that and sometimes they do it, and he'll look at me with his eyes. And he's a very sensitive dog. Very, he's part Chihuahua and part Terrier, and he he actually communicates um, by his body. You know, I can I can read what he wants. Well, you you. Everybody learns that when they have a pet that they care for. They learn that the dog uses body language. Well, he looks at me with this hurt look like, you know, why did this happen? And sometimes now he's gotten so used to to being hit with his body and his limbs jerking that he doesn't do that anymore. And now he's become um, resigned to it like... But the thing that is, it's affected his health. I noticed that his uh, his walking is very it has get it gotten um, unsteady. He's he's not happy like he was before, or or um, you know showing pleasure in any way. And also, when I moved here, of course the same thing happened here. I first of all I got jewelry stolen. Uh, and then um, the stuff in the house, I got two poisonous spiders put in my house. And I uh, kept both of them. I have pictures of them on my phone. Um, and he's the dog is, like I said, he's acting resigned to it. But every single night when we get into bed, 
they start in on them because they know I will take the pain and I won't react. But if they do it to him, they know I will. So and with my dogs, uh, when they are being uh, targeted with the frequencies, um, both their tails go down. Uh, both of my dogs, Dune and Landolf, both of their tails are up in the air. So when they're being hit when we're walking, their tails go down. And then Randolph, my um, uh, my bulldog, um, he's an American bulldog, he will lock up and he won't move. And then they'll actually, when other dogs are coming around, they run dogs behind my dogs uh, on leash or off leash, and I've had witnesses, and they bring dogs around. They will, bring, they will actually move him towards an area where dogs may be coming in the desert area or dogs are coming so they won't let him move. And then they will make Dune, my other dog, his tail will go down and they'll stretch me out. And then they'll lock up Randolph and then Dune will try to move. And then they'll, they'll, and so that's one thing that they do quite a bit. They have, my dogs were never barkers until I got targeted. So they will just excessively bark now for no reason here at the house when I come home. But they used to not come home. And when I come home, they used to bark. And when I put them in the car, they used to not bark until they got right to the park and then a few little barks. And so they have this excessive barking. They have a look on their face, which is not my dog. I spend all my time with my dogs if I'm not spending with my mom where I'm working. So I know them inside and out. They're probably targeting your dogs with noise that you are not able to hear. Exactly. So there's times where the where Randolph will go to his ears, my American bulldog, and yeah. then there are, there are times where they'll just come and they'll they'll come into the living room together at a fast rate, like they've been hit by something, and they'll come lay by me. And then there are some times where their their rooms they're in the back rooms, and I'll be kind of like you know just kind of dwelling on things that are going on, not in a depressed situation, but just really processing. And all of a sudden they'll come from the back bedroom and they'll come and lay down. So they're not next to me, so they're not getting a sense that I'm, you know, in a in a kind of a kind of in a humble or kind of just like a melancholy way. And so that's why we think that they're doing some kind of experiment with the dogs to where uh to where they're they're doing certain things, and they're not only just moving them with with the satellites and etc. Because I have been in so many different areas where Randolph has been compromised, where there's no one with any handheld devices, there's no one around. I've even been um, up in uh, um, up in the forest up in Northern California with uh, with Dr. Ben, and they've locked Randolph up. So. Um, so it's really, it's really, really bizarre. But they've done some really evil things besides oh, poisoning them twice. And uh, and uh, I just feel for anyone whose animals are being compromised because, yeah, I'll take it. But, you know, um, you know the dogs are just another thing. And when Dune goes to eat, like this morning they wouldn't let him eat, he would go to his bowl and, and then he would, like, wave around his head up in the air like something was hitting him. And then he tails back into the into the bedroom. Usually, I can move the bowl around, 
and finally, eventually, they'll let them eat. Uh, but uh, they didn't let them eat this morning. They didn't let them eat lunch. Oh. So by four o'clock, he got his first meal. Uh, can I point? Uh, can I point out a, a fact that people are kind of uh, just walking over and disregarding? One of the things that I'm, I, I want to stress is that we're not putting two and two together. We're hearing a story over here and a story over there, and we're thinking they're all isolated incidences. So here, look, just without even me going on the Internet and spending a lot of time, I can come up with two different phenomenons. One, sea lions die off. There's like 500 sea lions. It says, says, um, for the third winter in a row, starving sea lion pups are washing ashore on California beaches. Since January 1st, nearly 500 tiny animals have been admitted to state rehabilitation centers. So we're talking about 500. Now, um, you know that thing about the Arkansas birds falling out of the sky? Yeah. So those are two different phenomena. I, I bet you if I, if I look hard enough, I'll find many, many others where a whole bunch of animals just happen to die. Okay, what I heard somebody was making a comment about bees, that, that a whole bunch of bees were going to die. So, so what I'm trying to say is we've got to put all this, us, you know, add it all up. Somebody is trying to reduce the amount of stuff, whether that's animals, whether that's people, completely get rid of them. And each thing, it, they're going to have an excuse like nobody knows what's going on. Each time, well, it could be this, it could be that. No, it could be you're trying to kill things. That's the bottom line. Well, I don't know. There's. It's going to take us making everyone aware that we're not the only ones. We have to start leaving ourselves out of it and just say, look, this is what's coming. Wake up, America. You know? Yeah, but we talk to each other and we can get on this line. And, you know, we can sit here all day and convince every, all of us that it's happening. But the problem is that we're not convincing anybody. Uh, I mean, I'm not, I shouldn't say anybody. Some people do try it with flyers and stuff like that. But we don't have access to any kind of, uh, you know, Channel 4, Channel 9, or whatever. So on a wide scale, the brainwashing, whatever we can convince a couple people one way, they're sitting there on TV brainwashing the whole society. Have you um, have you seen the video that Jenny Lee has made, has put out for uh, targeted, ind- not for, but about targeted individuals? It's three hours long. No. She did a beautiful job. And believe me, if anybody has the uh, ability to, to see what's going on, you know, and and put it together that, hey, you know, maybe that's going to be me. Maybe that's going to be my kids or my dogs or, uh, you know, this is going to happen to us. Everybody, everyone knows that there's something big coming. What's it going to be? And then that's when you say, well, you know, look what's happened to us. We're just the pioneers. We're the first with the first wave of of um, 
people who are being used. We're the first ones. They're trying it out oh, on I don't it's think gonna that, be all of them. We're not the first ones. These people have no. been getting away with things because yeah. people don't recognize things. So, you know, they can say, Oh, you know, the Nazi they blame this on Hitler, they blame this on Russia, they blame this on Iraq. Everything is blamed on somebody else. Nothing is blamed on us. We haven't done one thing wrong in our whole history. Is that even possible? I mean, you know, you're, you're, I bet you if you get on the Internet, your computer gets hacked into probably oh, every yeah. time you get on there. Somebody's trying to hack it. Yep. But did you ever figure out who's hacking it? Well, did you ever um, figure out that your own company <laughs> Uh, that it tra- who it traces back to. It doesn't trace back to Russia. It doesn't trace back to Iraq. It traces back to right here. Yeah. You're right. And who's motivated to do that? What? It's a Microsoft company. Or they're, they're acknowledged because they say, we'll call this number and blah, blah, blah. So, you know, these people are going, oh, yeah, uh, the government got hacked by somebody. Yeah, guess what? The government hacked the government. <laughs> That's the bottom line. They're liars. Bottom line. Liars. Everything you see on TV is a damn lie. I'm sick of it. Okay, uh, before we get too far afield from the discussion, um, if Nathan is still here, um, I think he had... <clears throat> He has presented um, a plan of action for those that have pets that there are ways that you can gather evidence. <clears throat> and um, and he, well, Nathan in general has done an amazing job of gathering evidence. And it's basically very exemplary for the community. Um, I would like to hear about uh, the blood tests um, whenever those are ready. And uh, and I would like to watch and see what happens um, with his uh, um, his animal animal rights case or whatever he plans to do with that. Um, so Nathan is doing a lot of the right things, and uh, and we would do well. The community would do well to copy what Nathan is doing. Okay, didn't you have a meter that Shelley came into his? He said something. I just want to know which meter that she was using. You said they're talking about evidence. Nathan, what what uh, what meter was she using? Okay, let me see if he's still here. Uh, well, he's still here, but he may have walked away from the phone. Um, but let me see if this is him. You know, looking back. Hi, over yeah, I'm still here. I'm getting some kind of uh, uh, I'm getting uh, like a ring that's compromising uh, me being able to hear. Uh, did you say something about a meter? But you were saying before that you know Shelly came over to your house. Yes. Yeah. She read. She had some handheld device. I'm not really a good technician. Um, I kind of like the. Um, Technology that is used. Uh, she she took a, a meter reading as my as my dog went around the, the walkway because I was telling her by phone that uh, he's getting hit by something. His legs are are 
are revving up, and he's he's bailing into the uh, bedroom. So when she saw it happen visually, she immediately took a, a little handheld device, and it, and it read off the chart. And she wrote it down, and then she took another reading right afterwards, and it's like they flipped a switch, and there was no reading at all. Um, okay. There's. There was this uh, cornet meter. Does anybody have that? Uh, I think it's like eight, eight seventy-five or eight something. Like cornet. Does anybody have those? That one. Oh, I'm not familiar with the <laughs> exact number, but um, the tech guys have advocated the cornet, and we'll have them um, soon. We'll have the tech guys back on to explain all these meters. Um, so that, you know, we'll have, you know, some things to work with and it'll be like a review. Um, but many of us, um, will be hearing it for the first time, um, review for some and new information for others. But, uh, that is important evidence. Um, however, I would say that what Nathan is bringing to the table is probably even more valuable uh, the blood tests, if done correctly, um, they probably could not be disputed. Um, whereas the radio frequency devices, uh, they're open to interpretation and um, they can be challenged. But a blood test is a blood test and the results um, are not likely to be disputed uh, in a court of law even. So those tests, if they do show um, uh, microwave damage, radiation damage, um, that would be golden because um, that would mean that <clears throat> those in the community would then um, uh, should then look into getting these blood tests, uh, particularly those that are severely targeted because um, those tests might show something. So um, we're really on into an important uh, phase of our phase of our activism at this point. Well, this and this. May I, I ask Nathan one more question? Nathan, when I took the DDS urine sample, and that was 2010, it was not recognized by the mainstream um, medical association. Has that changed? Okay, Nathan, I, <clears throat> Nathan, are you there? Okay, Bob, he might, he might have stepped away from the phone. Let's see. No, he's getting that noise again. Oh. Um, I, I don't know. Oh, let me just say also that whoever's in southeast Pennsylvania. Just the noise coming from your line, which is why I have you muted. Uh, you might try calling back in, and I'll uh, open your line to see um, if that noise is still there. But um, uh, it's pretty noisy right now, so if you could please call back in, we'll try and see if we can get a clear line for you. Whoever that is in southeast Pennsylvania. Um, uh, Nathan got dropped from the call, Barbara, so here he is back again. So um, I need to ask your question again. Oh, okay. Nathan, okay. are you there? 
Sorry, the mess, the my phone is being compromised. I apologize. I, I had to go back out and back in and it's beeping and making all kinds of noise. I um when I took the DDS urine test in twenty ten, that particular test was not recognized by mainstream medical associations as being valid. Has that changed? Is it now recognized by mainstream um medicine? I I really think that that in my opinion, I, I haven't asked that question by the doctors, but I think we're doing the hair sample, the urine sample, and then this uh, this six-hour where I have to do pre and post and put it into a, a container. Right, I did and, that. And, and document it. And then uh, the two blood tests. So basically, I think what they're trying to say is, listen, you know, we believe that he's got these metals that he shouldn't have, and now we're cross-referencing test to have like a double bind study, so to speak, mm-hmm. where they have evidence um, from, from, from blood, from urine, from uh, a urine process, as well as a, a, uh, just a urine sample, as well as a water sample of, of my house that they're, that they're analyzing, and two blood tests. And the hair sample that so was They're there. counting on putting it all together because when I did these hair samples and urine samples were considered alternative. But that was 2010. That was six years ago. I was just yeah. I, I, You're right. I'm, you thinking that I'm thinking because I'm working with this, um, this, and this, like, I think he's like the number one, if I'm quoted right, the number one metals doctor. Okay, so he's a, he's Scientist. not an alternative. He's not. How do I put? This? I don't. I don't, I don't know his out. name in the world, but that's who this my doctor here in Tucson works with, okay. and he's the one that once he saw the hair sample, he okay. let her know this is the other four sam- four okay. tests that so need to be like done. More recognized. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't know the answer to your question. I really don't know. I think if they're going to find all these metals in the blood, and then we come into the house. Yeah and we can't find any of these materials in the house, then obviously it's from the technology. I think that's where they're going. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. You can't even get a hold of Dr. Staninger anymore. Um, what's going on about that? She doesn't answer the phone. I don't Have know. You call? I, I, uh, I, uh, I, are you asking me if I've talked to her? Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've talked to her. When was the um, last time? Um, yesterday. Oh, so you could just, do you have a, like a special number or is it the same number that's on the, on your uh, No, I, I think, uh, because, um, I, I, you know, as you know, how swamped she is with all all the cases and everything she's doing. But because uh, we're seeing the the uh, the foreign objects that were found in my body, as well as um, helping helping coordinate this, that uh, you know, I was able to get a hold of her yesterday. So um, I don't know. I don't know if she's. You know, with any other the other cases, as far as um, being able to get a hold of her, I, I'm not sure. Did you notice, like, once you got the test from her, that 
your situation changed at, at that point, or or was it the same? Are you talking about once they removed the implants recently, or are you talking about any of the other stuff? Um, actually, the well, just like but, this, the way I would think. Let's say I was the, the um, guys with the weapons. I would say, okay, this Nathan guy has all this proof. Why go after him and continue this? Well, all he's going to do is end up taking us to court. Let's just back up on this guy and go after somebody else. That's what I personally would do, but I don't understand why they would keep on going after it. Uh, it doesn't make sense to me. Um, well, well the, um, he's a, I guess he's a for me, uh, the, problem, <laughs> the problem that I've ran into is, um, you know, as we all know, I mean, nobody wants this put on them. So even it's still hard, it's still hard to find the the proper legal outlet and everyone willing to jump all in. I mean, you know, uh, you know, you know how that goes. So um, they basically have uh, I mean, they take me to my knees, they give me a simulated heart attack. So, uh, we think there's one by the heart that they can blow me up at any time. So I don't think they, I mean, if it push comes to shove, I got one in my brain and my back and my knee and my foot and my nose, uh, besides the ones they took out from my ear. I got a feeling that, you know, if they if they really want to, they've already shown me that they can blow up my heart on a few different occasions. And then they have shown me where, they choked me where I can't breathe in or out. I can't uh, breathe in or out, so they lock up my my throat valve. Uh, it's not like coughing or choking. It's actually I can't breathe in or out. It's like they just close the valve. Hey, so I, I think I think they just realize that you know if the push comes to shove, I, I just got a feeling they'll just take me out. You know, I'm, it's just the way it is. Hey guys, remember what I said in the beginning of the show at nine o'clock. Don't talk too much about too many specifics, okay? Just, you know, you don't want to let them know everything you're doing. That's just a word of caution from from experience, okay? Because, right? Yeah, I'm to the point now, though. I'm just to the point now where, you know, if if it's recorded and it helps somebody else, or they back off on somebody else, you know, it's, uh, I mean, I'm just kind of like that way. I know I've, I've given out way more than I should, but, you know, I'm not on a whole lot. And if it helps somebody else get a reprieve or or anything, which it may not, I, I just, just think protect that. protect yourself, you know. Don't, yeah, don't I mean, it, it really, horrible. I know. I mean, the organized stocking is so evasive and so insidious that I kind of like have um, just, I know. I, I, I know, I know, I know exactly. You lose your fear. I lost my fear years ago. And if they take me out, that just that just gives somebody else more evidence. I'm not scared. I don't, you can't scare me anymore. I have no fear left. Me too. Me too. Okay, well, we appreciate you, Nathan, for um, for sharing with us because this is um, it lights the way for other people. Thank you. And uh, we have some idea 
uh, what we should do. And uh, I was hoping that um, that someone would continue lighting the way. Um, I mean, this is a process, and it takes a while. And and like any process, there are things that happen along the way. So, um, and something happened along the way with uh, with Roseanne's test. So I was actually wondering how we're going to move forward. And then I hear from Nathan. So, um, you know, it, we have, I mean, I think this is a clear path and, um, and hopefully it'll be one that, uh, that many would follow because the results, you know, if they're favorable for us, um, can be very easily obtained, and the gains um, would be enormous for the community. So uh, once again, thanks, Nathan. Um, um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I got to call you three different people. But anyway, you're, thanks you're welcome, for sharing Jack. sharing all this information. What you're doing is so valuable for the community right now. I mean, just. You just have need to understand that, and uh, so thank you for sharing that. And please keep us posted. You're welcome. And I went I went and saw Odessa today at, at at the council office, and I showed her my scar, showed her where they took the implants out, and uh, she hugged me and she was crying. And you know, um, I just thought it was important, even though it was really rough when I was there and getting there. I won't get into the uh, organized stalking and how we're discredited getting over there and, and getting a hug from her, but she was crying and she told me to say hi to you or anybody else that was here for the council meeting. Okay, excellent. Well, Nathan, you're doing all the right things because um, that's, you know, what you should do and that's what everyone else needs to do. So I'm wondering how to approach the city council. It's, it's easy, but you just have to be persistent. Uh, and and do just what Nathan is doing. Um, he reports to them frequently about his progress. It's not just one visit. They said no, and that's the end of it. When you live in a city and you're talking to your council, you're right there. It's not like in D.C. where you get one shot at it, and if it doesn't go well, that's that's the end of it, and they give you a nice letter and they say thank you for visiting. And you can't do anything else because you're thousands of miles away. But if you live in a town and you have a city council and just about everybody does, you have the luxury of visiting them time and again and presenting your information. And over time, they will come to understand you. And Nathan can tell you at first they were resistant to the information. But for him to say that she is now, you know, hugging him and crying and, and wishing him well, that is such a transformation from several months ago when they tell Nathan, well, we're not going to help you. Yeah, that's so an indication that they know something's going on. No, well they, well, they knew something was going on. It's just that they didn't want to help. They told him, they said, this is too big for us. We can't do anything to help you. And so they just kind of tried to shut him out. But Nathan is 
I mean, you have to you have to be persistent. Nathan's not one that gives gives up easily. And you he's know, been I, back to the, to that to that office numerous times. And you have the luxury of doing that if you have a, if you live in the city, you have your council members right there. You can present your information to them, and they have an obligation to listen to you, because as a constituent, it is their job to see to your health, safety, and well-being. Yeah, and most of them take the, that seriously. It's actually the opposite that um, if nobody knows what's going on, like in other words, people are keep on saying, well, these people don't know what's going on. Okay, well, we know that's not true, but if, if they didn't know what was going on and just some Nathan guy came in and said, you know, this is going on, this is going on, and they were legitimate, they would go, oh, you know what? They would jump out of their seat and no, start no, investigating no, no, no. and start right, getting listen, somebody. Listen, you're, you're extrapolating. You don't know these people and you don't know what happened. Uh, we did a presentation to them, uh, for them, uh, last year. And, um, and actually, this is a very typical response. They felt overwhelmed by the information. They felt that this was out of their league. And they felt that they might get harmed by helping him, which, you know, is true. They could. Um, so they wanted, to, they wanted to back away from the whole, whole deal and not do anything to help, basically. Um, but Nathan had, by that time, developed a rapport with them. So um, he continued to go back to them and report to them what was happening with him. And as a constituent, he has a right to do that. Okay, um, Derek, all I'm saying is I'm not talking about those specific people. I'm just talking about the, the... a uh, legitimate government, a legitimate city council, somebody who's ex- out for the citizens, what it should be like in our own, like, uh, you know, okay. And then you go to them and you tell them and they know nothing about it legitimately, but somebody says, hey, I'm being tortured, I'm being burned, I'm being shocked. They would, you know, if you came to me with that and I was, you know, had power, I would be jumping out of my seat going, who, where, let's, you know, uh, let's, I'd be starting to work on it that second. I wouldn't be saying, okay, well, well, that's, well that's just you. be tortured uh, another you, year Corey. and then we'll just think about it. Okay, yeah. well, that's, that's your reaction, Corey. But, um, but your reaction is not everybody's reaction to that. Everybody's going to react to information in a different way. Some people will be sympathetic and others will not be. In this case, uh, this guy, as I perceive him, is somebody that doesn't really care a lot about other people. So he was more concerned about himself. Therefore, he decided not to do anything to help Nathan. Yeah, but they're, okay, say they're a fire department and you go, there's a fire. You don't just sit in the chair and go, okay, there's a fire, big deal. I'll still sit in my chair. It's your obligation to get off the ch- get out of the chair and go put out the fire. That's what I'm trying well, to say. Well, yes, I agree with you. There is that obligation, and this is why they continue to allow Nathan to come to their offices and listen to him because they have that obligation. That's their job to do that. 
That's the office people. And uh, as long as he continues to do that, uh, they will inform the uh, representative as to his progress so that he does not have to deal with it. And at some point, I believe that um, as the office becomes more informed and more sympathetic, uh, at some point um, that official will have an opportunity to help Nathan. Um, it's going to depend on, well, a couple of things. If we can get other TIs in, in the Tucson area uh, who have uh, other representatives on council uh, involved in this process, then that would enable his representatives to work with other representatives on council to do something about this issue. Right now, he is the only one. He feels like he will be singled out, so he is not really helping uh, that much. But um, which is fine as long as they're listening uh, for now. But what we need to see happen is other TIs in the Tucson area, and there are some, if they were to become involved and, uh, with what Nathan is doing and doing exactly what he's doing and get their representatives to listening to, to them and become involved in their targeting, then that could empower Nathan's representative to also uh, speak up and go to bat and to start to help him. Same thing that has happened in Richmond. Um, basically, uh, 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 Amy had, uh, had to go to several representatives in Richmond before she found one that would listen to her. And so when that began to happen, she, because of her influence, she was a vice mayor, uh, she began to pull the others on council into this situation, so they became aware and then also sympathetic. So sometimes it just takes one person to be in favor of what you're doing to get the others involved. And so that's what kind of happened in Richmond. Plus, uh, Amy is somebody that is, is, is doggedly persistent. So she, she would visit council regularly, and um, come, she would come to... Um, Devonka's um, um, office uh, very often. And uh, so Devonka became very aware of this issue, became very sympathetic. Uh, she had several meetings with Javanka about this issue until um, last year when we were able to have this resolution. And Javanka presented this resolution herself to the council meeting and to the public and the resolution passed. So basically that was the highlight of Amy's accomplishment with uh, her city council. Derek, could you, could you as the head of PACS put out or have your, I don't know, whoever is your vice president or whoever works on marketing to go into like a Craigslist and have like, you know, an ad that says, if you have these symptoms, blah, 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 and put the list in that you should call us rather than pursue a medical, um, before you pursue a medical, uh, you know, checkup or, or whatever, uh, whether that's Alzheimer's or something else, you should call us. You could be the victim of electronic harassment. Uh, 
and then put that in Craigslist on an ongoing basis. So you could recruit uh, some of these. So say just how it would play out. Let's say um, in Arizona uh, where Nathan was, if there was an ad over there, you know, I don't know, maybe Nathan has too much going on right now, but they could, you know, call you or whoever um, is working with you, and then you could uh, get him some, ex, you know, then those people could get routed into city council, people that weren't, didn't go to our group on their own, but people that picked it up through the Craigslist and go, yeah, you know what? I actually don't have Alzheimer's. I've got electronic harassment. Okay. And I like that. Yeah. He can be sued for that, I think. Why? Um, it's almost like giving medical advice. You know, if somebody's really sick, and they look at, I don't know. I, I just think that would put Derek in a, in a, a, in a, a legal position somehow. There's no sickness. Your body's vibrating. You know that. But, okay, but you, I, anyway, that's just my thought. I, well, I'm you not, just put the symptoms. If you've got this, he doesn't have to say you got it. He could say you could be the victim of. Oh, okay. Don't say call us first before you go to a doctor. Okay, well, we could leave that out, but I'm just saying you, you, you could be the victim of this. Give us a call, blah, and then go from there. Well, I don't know if the city would, uh, would do something like that. They probably would not sponsor, uh, at least at this stage, something like that until it became publicly known and accepted. And it was something that was um, publicly addressed, and there was a uh, a protocol uh, for helping those that were afflicted with electronic harassment and group stalking. And there was a, an accepted protocol for receiving help, and victims were accepted as victims. Once it become, reaches that level, then they would do something like a public service announcement on like a TV station or radio station. Probably not crisis because it's so specialized. This would actually discourage this thing from going on because um, the elites don't want everybody getting together. The whole point is divide and conquer. So if if they're um, the more people they victimize and they see your your ads working, then they're not they're going to come over to your group and your group is going to get stronger. So you know uh, it's counter. And counterintuitive for them to, you know, attack more people. Okay. Um, I didn't hear what you said. Was I was distracted? Let's say again, please. Okay. 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 All right. As as we all know, the elites are into dividing everybody up, making sure that Muslims hate you know whites and whites hate Jews and whatever. But so they're trying. They're not trying to get everybody on Derek's team. So if your ads working and people are starting to call up, you know, oh, I don't have Alzheimer's. I got electronic harassment. Derek gets 500 more people. Then another uh, illness. Derek gets a thousand more people. And pretty soon Derek is getting more powerful. They don't want you to be powerful. They want to cr- crush and and uh, crush all the dissenters, so to speak. Um, oh, 
I think at that point it would not be about empowering our organization. It would be about addressing a public health hazard. And uh, they would probably have some vehicle of treatment, whether it be referring people to our organization or, you know, other organizations or something. What I'm thinking about is uh, a media saturation to the point where the public becomes generally aware and they're looking um, to the city for solutions. And that's the point we want to get to. And that could take a couple of years, maybe up to five years to get to this, to this point because um, word of this situation is growing exponentially year by year. So uh, I would say in a couple of years, we might have something like media saturation to where everyone knows what's going on. Well, they have uh, a pushback right now. They have a, a program of this mental illness. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. It is a the, pushback. And you're right. It's, it's you know, major. The, the and, candidates are all out there trying to say that, oh, we got a lot of mentally ill people in this country. And and even today there was a thing where Hillary Clinton's going to propose this whole mental health program. So they, they're trying to force people to be so that the public thinks, ever, you know, all these people are mentally ill. And that way you won't be so freaked out when we snatch one off the street and go, well, he's a little off his rocker. So we had to... Okay, well, you know, that's something that's, um, like you said, it is a pushback. At the same time, um, the educational process is proceeding and going forward, and lots of people are becoming aware. Um, and as far as the mental institutions and things like that, um, that can be easily avoided. Um, it really doesn't take those that that wind up there. It seems to me, from what I have seen, are those that go to the police by themselves, that or they go to hospitals and they talk about their targeting, or they're having fights with their family, trying to convince them, and their families react by putting them in the mental institution. Those are the three main scenarios that I've seen. Uh, sometimes it's with friends that they're trying to convince. Uh, and they have apparently the same uh, type of power to have somebody institutionalized. So um, so basically, if, unless you're doing one of those three things, you're pretty much, you can avoid the mental institution in most, in most cases, I would say. Um, other than that, uh, we're free to educate the public. I've not known of any case where where people were educating the public and were picked up. Um, let's see. I think there was one isolated case, but this person was doing things that were kind of over the top that got herself uh, snatched up. But in, in most cases, you're free to hand out uh, literature on sidewalks. You're free to hand out literature at, at fairs, at festivals. Um, Humanity Warriors is doing that every day. Um, you're free to, uh, to send information in the mail to people. There, there are lots of outreach scenarios that are happening with people in this community, and they're safe. There's no problem. You do have to be careful about sending uh, information, say, like to the mayor or chief of police, 
because um, those guys can have you picked up, and that has happened. What time is this call going to end? Well, we have about an hour or so. Eric, are the two, is Nathan and the woman that has the dog problem, do you know if they're still on the phone? I have something they might want to try. If they're not, I don't. I won't say anything. Nathan and who? Um, the Still woman here. that was talking that also says her dogs were being affected I'm, by electronic I'm still here. harassment. I'm here. Okay. okay. This, this is a long shot. I have a woman friend, and I honestly 100% believe she's targeted, but she won't go there. Her dog has seizures. One time she told me, and I'm looking at this product, that when the dog started to have seizures, she uses this Dr. Barbara Handel's, believe it or not, magnesium oil. It's magnesium chloride brine. She sprays it, and it stops it. So what have you got to lose? I don't know if it's the same thing. I really do believe this woman is targeted, so now I'm starting to wonder if maybe her dog is as well. But, you know, what the heck? thing of it is the dog only gets that when he gets up on my lap, when he, uh, he's trying to cozy up with me or if he goes to bed with me and he's near me, that's when they do it. Because it's me they want to hurt. They, right, you know, but if you just try this and just spray it on, it might stop his, what's happening to him. That's all. What magnesium, what? It's it's called Dr. Barbara Hendel's. It's from um, Amsterdam or something like that. Um, the Netherlands. Oh, Ancient Zetstein Seabed in the Netherlands. 100% pure magnesium chloride brine. Oh, I'm going to investigate it. It's called Dr. Barbara Hendel. H-E-N-D-E-L. Magnesium oil. And then underneath it says magnesium chloride brine. You got nothing to lose. If nothing else, it would be good for you to spray it on your own body. No, I haven't got anything to lose, but <laughs> I've, been, I've been at this for so many years. I, you know, it's... yeah, yeah. Anyway, it's you know. Yeah, it, I'll. I will investigate shot, that. And, and you can use it yourself if it doesn't work. So. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. Okay. Thank you for uh, letting me talk to Nathan. I'm going to hang up now, okay? Thank you, uh, Derek, for the call. 
Okay, you're welcome. We have about an hour and 20 minutes left in the call. And uh, thanks, Nathan, for sharing. I really appreciate it. Is Nathan still on the line? Uh, I think it says he's here, but uh, he might be away from the away from his phone. Okay. Hello, Derek. Uh, yeah, who's there? Hi, um, this is um, Angela. I'm not sure if my phone was making a lot of noise. It was from Southwest Pennsylvania, or I'm Southeast Pennsylvania. Was it me that was making that noise? You know. Okay, you are who? You're who? I just wondered if it was my phone or if it was me that was making that noise earlier. Um. I don't think so. The person that was making that noise is still muted. Okay, good. Um, I just wondered, do you know what blood test Nathan mentioned that he was going to be getting? What blood test? Yeah. Um, I I don't know uh, the name of it, um, but, you know, don't worry about that. He'll be letting us know soon the results. Okay, that's good. Yeah. I had some blood drawn, and um, the doctor gave me back the the results, and he said, well, your vitamin B12 is low. And I said, okay, all right, you know, it wasn't a big deal. He said, but it's not that low, so it's nothing to be concerned about. Just take a supplement. I said, okay. So I'm, I'm thinking, I'm back home, and I'm thinking, you know, I had a lot more um, than that drawn, what more um, um, specific than that. So I thought, I'm going to go and get the rest of my records. So I went today and picked them yeah, up. Yeah, um, 
look at your red blood uh, cells. Yeah. Ask, look at your red uh, because that would indicate whether um, you have um, electromagnetic exposure. Um, they're I, really low. I'm flagged what? on. They're really low. I'm flagged on the red blood count. Well, it's not about whether they're low or not. It's basically the shape of the red blood cells. Um, they have a reaction to the microwave. Uh, some of them clump together, and it seems like they're they're almost clumping together for protection. And uh, or let's see, or they could. Uh, some of them have this this jagged edge appearance. And um, or some of them, their cell walls have been broken open or something like this. So you'll see some damage with the red blood cells. So um, you will probably have to ask specifically for um, electromagnetic or microwave radiation damage. And if they show that. Hmm. So, um, you know, hopefully... Um, they might be reluctant to give you those give you those results, but um, you kind of have to be persistent about that, and that's specifically for um, this type of test. Okay, um, is that called anything specific? I mean, because you'd have to look at it right in order to see the red blood cells. Well, they they would, and they would know what to look for if you tell them that um, you are concerned about electromagnetic uh, radiation exposure. And so they would know what to look for, and they would look for your red your um, uh, the condition of your red blood cells, and that would tell you. Sometimes they'll just say, well, your red blood cell uh, count versus your white blood uh, cell count is this, this, and this. But more specifically, you're looking for red blood cell damage. Okay, thanks. Thanks. Okay, so um, whatever would show that. Um, well, basically, uh, electromagnetic uh, radiation damage would show uh, in the red blood cells. And if we can get consistent results, uh, whether it's yourself or, or Nathan or whoever, that's what we're looking for. I wonder if the clumping together could be lack of oxygen. I don't know. Me neither. I know when you're lower, when your red blood cells are, are low, when your count is low, it, it can be from a lack, lack of oxygen. And my limbs have been falling asleep. Like, though, I, I can't get, you know, I shake my hand. And it's weird because I teach yoga. In the middle of that, my limbs will fall asleep. I'm like, oh, my God. And so I went to have my blood drawn, and um, it came back as that I have, I'm a flagged, actually, for it. I'm like, I don't know, four, four counts, four or five counts below the norm. And uh, that can cause, you know, your limbs and your, to fall asleep. And, you know, my doctor, he didn't even mention it. He didn't even let me know. And, and I would not have known if I didn't go back and ask for the record. 
So I'm going to go back back and ask to see if I can, or even talk to the guy at the lab, see if they might tell me how I can get the condition. Well, the damage looks almost like they're clumped together. And uh, for, uh, if you look at the pictures of before and after, before they're very round and they're swimming along very independently and very happily. And then um, the next slide we show um, the microwave um, effects. It's like they're all huddled together and they're, they're clumped together. It almost looks like they're gathering together for protection or something. Um, and like I said, sometimes it's basically a matter of cell walls being broken open or something like that. Um, and it's like they're creating, um, the free radicals are created. Um, and you have uh, uh, incomplete molecules and things like that, free radicals. Uh, that's what happens a lot when you have microwave radiation damage. Um, so anyway, they'll probably, ideally they'll be able to tell you something like that, you know, whether there's there's damage. Uh, and it might depend upon how severely your system is compromised. Um, if you're under severe attack, you know, it might show up more clearly in your blood test. They wouldn't tell you that on a regular um, red blood cell count, though, would they? Well, I mean, unless they knew about the targeting, okay. you know, they would have to, if they had some knowledge about that and can look at your results in that light, but most of them, well, you can't really just tell them, tell most most of these places that. Right, right. Okay. So, you know, whatever your results, uh, were you thinking about getting, you know, blood drawn or something? Yeah, I had it drawn just, um, oh, about three weeks ago, and it came back, and I had the red blood cell, was one of them, and um, it was low, and I thought, you know, it's my regular PCP doctor who's very uh, apprehensive and hesitant to talk to me about any of this. I asked him, I asked him, I said, have you ever heard before in your studies or through, you know, the university or any of your colleagues about anything taking place that um, appears to be like non-consensual human experimentation? (laughs) And he goes, no. And he slams the door and walks walks out of the office. And then when I came back to get my results, all he said was your vitamin B counts a little low and walked out of his office. I mean, he just does not, I don't even know what to do again because I've been to so many different doctors. And he didn't even tell me that my red blood cell count was lower. I have a lot of red flags. So my glucose, my sodium was was high, really high, which is weird. Um, okay, did he, uh, did he give you the results or he just told you what he wanted you to know? He just told me what he wanted me to know. Okay, well, so back. you have to, um, you know, you should request to see the results yourself um, right. because, you know, you might see something there that would indicate 
um, EMF damage, and he wouldn't tell you that. Um, if you can get a hold of your records, okay, try to uh, to get a copy and uh, and see what see what it says about your red blood uh, your red blood cells. Okay, I go to Kaiser, and I couldn't even have the conversation about electromagnetic sensitivity. Forget targeting; they won't go there. And when you get your blood test, I even went in my I had a big lump on my eye that it was obviously like, it was a microwave burn, but, you know, I, I, I couldn't go there. And my doctor said it was a sign of getting older, so I go to an ophthalmologist, and he says, this is a burn. I said, thank you, write it down and give me a copy. And then whenever you get tests, get them right away and get them from, mm-hmm. you know, do you go to Kaiser or, or do you just get tests from like Quest or something? I got in a lab with the hospital. Uh, okay, so your doctor is associated. I mean, here's the yeah. thing. I can call up the lab at Kaiser and insist that they send me a copy of my blood test rather than getting it from my doctor. Mm. And then I have a copy when I go in. But right. Kaiser won't even go there. She wouldn't even write down that I was sensitive to electronics. She wouldn't even write it down. And when I went wow. in with the lip. She wouldn't write that down either. So they're avoiding it. Mainstream is pretty much avoiding it. I believe that's very true. My experience. Very true. Yep. Okay. So, I mean, there's there's all kinds of, um, there's dozens and dozens of microwave studies uh, of microwave effects um, on the blood, on the body, on the brain. Uh, on organ tissues, um, all kinds of tests, uh, right. studies have been done, sure. show damage by electromagnetic activity, by microwaves. Um, so, you know, still there's... They don't recognize it, though. Kaiser does not recognize it. I went to... No, the, you know, it's, it's not... I recognized. charge and asked for any doctor who would deal with electromagnetic sensitivity, and he says, well, you know, it's... We don't deal with that. We don't believe in it. He pretty much said we don't believe in it. Okay. Well, there, I mean, there are reputable studies by universities. They're very reputable studies. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I rep- don't believe reputable, in it. Wait till he gets hit with it and then see if he believes in it. Yeah, really. Well, I mean, it's. I wasn't it's not even going to being, being I was hit. just going to sensitivity around, you know, people's Wi-Fi. I wasn't even hitting sort of the targeting thing. Well, yeah, I mean, all of these uh, these uh, frequencies have an effect on your system, whether it's your blood and tissue, your brain, your organs. You know, all these studies have shown damage no. uh, from cell phone use. And uh, showing the difference between um, cell phones being turned on and cell phones being turned off, and uh, the cell, the brain damage. From well, I, I approached them because you know what Kaiser, actually they didn't know I knew this, and I looked at him and I said, how can you say that when Kaiser did studies of cell phones and found brain tumors? Yeah. How can you look at me and say you don't believe in it when your very system did one of the studies? <laughs> So there's a, a reason beyond what I'm trying to say, Derek, is there's a reason beyond the proof. Well, yeah, they, they're in denial for some reason. Um, but anyway, that's, you know, 
that's neither here nor there. What we're looking for is the results, you know, what they show. If we can get uh, the results in, that's really what matters. Um, and if uh, this part, who was that that was saying that they had went to the doctor? Uh, I didn't catch your voice. Um, Angela. This is who? Angela. Angela? Okay, yeah. if Angela can get a hold of her, her results, um, and, you know, you'd have to, you know, specifically ask if you can get a copy. Uh, you know, Nathan has a copy of some of his results. Um, and then, uh, and see what they say. Um, you know, right. you have to sometimes be your own doctor because right. they won't Maybe tell you. if you Google whatever it is about the red blood cells and say, um, you know, reasons for this, you know, and right. then about all the things that might be listed. It's possible electromagnetic sensitivity might be listed, but, you know, I doubt it, but it's possible. Right. Well, I can just ask. I'm really curious. Um, I, I've, you know, I'm, I've heard a lot about this. I'm feeling very tired lately. My limbs are falling asleep. My red blood cell count's depleted. Is there any way you could just possibly test the condition of my red blood cells um, just to see if they're stacking or spread apart. I'm just really curious. Or maybe just with the blood that they already drew, I, I wonder if they look at that or if the lab person that actually drew the blood would know that. Well, I would first ask for your results okay. and see if they show anything like that. And if they do not, then you can ask more specifically. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. If that doesn't work, I'll try to go somewhere else. (laughs) Oh, no. Well, thank you, everyone. Good night, Derek. Thank you for the call. Okay. You're welcome. Good night. Okay, uh, I just unmuted Southeast Pennsylvania to see um, if there was still noise on the line, and there is. So if you would please, uh, uh, if you want to speak, if you want to call back in and see if you can get a clear line.
Okay, well, Derek, can I talk about that sun mirror thing then? Um, uh, yeah. Also, James, if you want to talk about uh, the scalar project, uh, that would be fine. Uh, I think that was a fascinating experiment. And if you want to talk about that, that would be fine. Okay. Um, let's see. Uh, Corey is first, and then James, you can talk about your experiment next. Uh, okay, go ahead, Corey. Yeah, I I want to talk about that. Okay. How um, did you know? Yeah. Corey wants to uh, to say something first, James, and then um, you can go next, okay? All right. Okay. Uh, all right. Go ahead, uh, yeah, well, uh, I got to find the... Uh, I got to find it. Um, they put something in front of the sun, that's for sure. Uh, okay. I had and, it here. Uh, I had it here. No, okay, maybe James, I should let him uh, go first. Yeah, let him go first. Okay, go ahead, Jim. Yeah, hello. What scalar project were you talking about, Derek? Because I, I, I didn't know I told you about that. Yeah, you sent it to uh, Facebook yesterday. Oh, Facebook. Yeah, okay. Um, all right, well, I, uh, I just discovered something interesting about scalar energy that can be used, well, I knew it could be used for healing, but I didn't know it could be done like this. And uh, what I found out was this man, Tom Palladino, um, says he can do this, and I, I believe him. I, I all, I've heard of other things similar to this, so I have no doubt that it's true. Uh, he He has a scalar energy machine that transmits energy um, supposedly to a person. He says that if if he takes their high-resolution image of the person, in other words, an 8x10 picture, and puts it inside the machine, just he put it in there. Then he said he, he takes a electron micrograph, a, a, a very high-resolution picture of, a, say, a virus like hepatitis C or HIV AIDS, I don't know, probably anything from what he's saying. And he, he puts that picture in there, too. He says that they uh, he has it fixed so that it transmits the, um, the, the virus in reverse, like uh, in 180 degrees out of phase. And what it does is it's chaotic. It, it uh, causes the... Uh, the disease to go to to break up and go away, which is isn't that interesting? I mean, I uh, it's. So you're, you saying it, you're saying if if okay, so if the guy they call I don't know if diabetes is real, but say if it was, you're saying if he had diabetes, they could you know get rid of it. Well, I know I, diabetes is different. It's not a it's not a virus, is it? It's uh it's a, a deficiency in something. But maybe it could, I don't know, maybe there's hope in that. But I think he was talking about viruses and bacteria like like um, staph infections. He says you take a picture of the staph uh, bacteria and you put the picture in there. He just stuck it in there. And he says now it, it's um, it, it's taken my image and it, it knows me and it's transmitting to me. And he says it's going to transmit the virus 
not, not the virus, but the bacteria, uh, 180 degrees out of phase, and it will break up the staph infection. Okay, that that sounds like that sounds like it could be used for good. But as we all know, they have technology that could be used for good, but they use it for evil. They only announce the good part of it. So let's let's just reverse the question the other way. What if the guy doesn't ever have that virus in the first place, and they use it? As if he did have it, what's going to happen? Well, Corey, that's already being—that's already happening. No, it's, it's already not. happening. They're using—they're transmitting. Um, well, Doctor Mild has said he put the test tube of medicine on one on the transmitter and the other test tube on the receiver, and and the medicine goes from one test tube to the other through the air. I mean, through, I mean, it gets transported. And right. I don't, they put something between it and it still goes there. And so this is happening. And and now, you know, if that's true, then people are going to really find out about this technology really fast. And that will make them aware, okay, it can it can do good, but also it's being used for evil. And here's yeah. the NSA and what they're doing. So I think I think it's going to be a, a fast awakening. But they're always brainwashed to think, oh, you know, the evil part, they can't see it that clearly. They're, Why would anybody want to give you a virus? Come on, that's crazy. And that's all they ever can say. Mm-hmm. But they well, can't see that this whole world's at war with each other. Why else would they do it? Mm-hmm. Well, know, what, what, what this does, though, uh, Corey, is that enables people to do good. You know, right now, um, the uh, the bad applications are in the hands of the perps, but this gives people a chance to um, to become uh, disease-free. So, um, actually, there are there are devices around like that and I have actually one of those and it's it's a scalar type of uh, machine that does uh, similarly what James is talking about. What kind is that? Well they call it a SCIO. It's it's a it's called scientific consciousness um okay, what does the I stand for? Oh, uh, scientific, oh, um, scientific consciousness something operation. And basically it's a scalar energy device. And scalar, as Tom was saying in the, in the video, just means that uh, it's taking the idea that everything is connected to everything else and applying that principle and um, placing the picture of someone uh, that you have that that picture and placing it um, in the scalar device that instantly connects the picture to the individual. So whatever you do with the device, um, hopefully you do good things with it, it will affect the person in the picture. And in the demonstration, basically he places pictures of pathogens uh, in there with the device, and whatever the condition of the person, uh, whatever they have, would be dispersed. Would, they would be healed 
uh, with this machine. Uh, the machine would break up the pathogens and they would be cured. So um, this is something that will be the medicine of the future. And it can, it can operate uh, no matter the distance from the person because the picture is connected uh, instantly to the individual no matter where they are on the planet or the universe. So this is very, very um, futuristic. Well, that uh, proves our case. Is that true? So that proves our case in reverse. Okay, you you're have a device that's been scientifically proven no matter where the person goes that they can cure him. Right. Right? Well, that proves that they can do the reverse no matter where the person goes. Sure, it it does as far as we are concerned, but that's just a device that is not universally accepted as yet. So once that happens, then see the medical in, the medical industry is um, kind of against this type of technology uh, getting out to the uh, the general public because it would instantly make obsolete everything that they're doing. If everyone had an instant, if everyone had at their disposal um, something that can cure their condition instantly, whatever is pathogen-borne, then it would uh, effectively shut down a lot of the, um, the pharmaceutical industry. Right, and they're only interested in money. They're not interested in cures. Well, Exactly. So that is the danger for them. It's a threat to their careers. So those people with those devices have to be very careful in what they say and how they market it. And that's what I was told when I was um, uh, in training with this device. You have to say certain things and not other things. You can't say that, that it cures people because then you could get into trouble and you could you know, they, theoretically, the police or the FBI or, or some agency could show up at your door and confiscate your equipment. So, um, so yeah, it's a, it's a threat to the medical industry. So we have to be careful uh, what we say. We can't. We have to say that it's treating people and training their system um, to be free of disease. So. Um, so th- these devices are around, and all the major cities have um, practitioners, but they have to be careful how they market their products. Okay, um, this is that uh, space mirror thing. It's um, this rocket scientist, um, Herm- Herman Ulbricht, came up with the space mirror concept in 1923, according to NASA. Uh, Ulbricht originally intended the space mirror to be peaceful purposes, yeah, right, such as eliminating ports and thawing frozen rivers. But the concept may have taken on its Death Star undertones with the rise of Nazism in the 1930s. Um, He wrote that, uh, let's see, wait. Okay, basically... What it's saying is it's a, it, it, it's a concept of a weapon that they put in front of the sun. 
says Nazi sun gun aimed to burn cities using huge space okay. mirrors. Why right, before you get into all that, um, I just wanted to ask uh, James something. Um, do you know if he has um, um, Tom Palladino? Is he a doctor? Is he a medical doctor? Do you know? Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, I I don't know if he is, but he did say his patients. So uh, um, I could check it out. I'll, I can look it up right now. Okay, because I'm wondering if I mean this this video was made. Um, I believe they said September of 2015, so just a few months ago. And I'm wondering if he has um, started to market some type of device, uh-huh. um, like he like he demonstrated um, for the general public. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just as soon as I get a window here, I'm going to put in uh, C H O M A S. P-A-L-A-D-I-N-O-S-C-A-L-A-R. Yeah, I saw a few uh, other videos. Well, it's just one other video uh, by him. And uh, I haven't had a chance to review his material today. Uh, But this looks like uh, something that would be very promising if it's going to be made available to the general public. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that's just amazing because there's so many devices like this that are coming, um, and because of the Internet, uh, the, the general consumer is becoming empowered by these really futuristic devices. Um, like this guy named, um, um, his name is Fesh, I think is um, his name. But he's uh, Iranian, and he's come up with a device, uh, a free energy device, that he is giving away to third world countries that will enable oh. them to, um, to, uh, to produce, uh, to run factories and so forth, and not have to pay for energy. So that could transform their economies. So uh, with, with the mass marketing and mass production of this device, that could change uh, the structure of world economies. Well, so all of these... Well, uh, going to try and kill him. Uh, uh, well, I don't uh, think he can keep it from getting out now. So, you know, it's, it's great that these devices are becoming available to the general public because uh, eventually at some point there will be free energy available to the average consumer. So um, just kind of waiting for all these uh, devices to catch up and to be made available to everybody. And we don't have to pay money to heat our homes, to drive our cars, to heat offices, um, to run electricity. Uh, You know, all this will be available for free. And that would drastically change the world economy. This is why why the uh, New World... I don't know, New World Order or the the bankers are trying to get the uh, the New World Order running, rolling right now and get us all locked down with, um, you know, the military. Yeah. Well, they've been keeping this technology to themselves. You know, they've had it, you know. They, yeah, they couldn't sell it. There's, they, they couldn't put a, a 
meter on it. Right, right, exactly. Did you find did you find what you're supposed to find? Because I could read this in two minutes and be done. All right. Well I don't see I don't see that he he doesn't say that he's a doctor, so I, I don't guess that he is. Okay, let me just read this and get it over with. The German space uh mirror, the article which has been making the rounds on the internet credits credits unnamed U.S. Army experts for revealing a Nazi plan to construct the extraordinary device consisting of a reflective, slightly concave disc approximately one mile in diameter. The sun gun would focus solar rays on enemy cities and burn them. An accompanying illustration shows a large mirror. This is the whole point of it a large mirror located 22,300 miles above the equator, focusing massive amounts of solar energy onto a city in America's northeast. So I'm done reading it. You could mm-hmm. check it out yourself on this uh, HuffingtonPost.com Space Nazi Sun Gun article. But there's a couple points just I wanted to make is when they say there's global warming, how do we know they're not using this thing, number one? And how do we know they didn't refine this space mirror thing to use it in conjunction with targeting? Because like I've been saying all along, there's rays coming into my house, and you can see them, and they go right up to my eye. And uh, I believe those are at least part of the reason why I get shocked. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I don't know. I I don't I can't answer those questions. But I see Tom Palladino has a Facebook page. Okay. Um, yeah, I'd like to uh to find out more information about him and the device and the status of his marketing this product. Is that what he's doing? He's marketing? Um, I assume that he or someone would be marketing this. Gosh, I hope so. Yeah, on his Facebook page he says, Be touched and healed through God's scalar energy healing. The pathogen cleanse breaks apart bacteria, fungi, parasites, amoeba, protozoa, self-healed, Go.com. And the interesting thing about that, James, is that he even showed a picture of HIV. Yeah, he did. That's that's what he did, yeah. So what he's saying is that there's, uh, with this device, he's able to cure uh, those that have AIDS. Right. That's right. Um, so we all I, chip I, in. We all chip in. Derek keeps the unit. Any of us get sick, we just use this device on the person who's sick. Case closed. I guess well, it's uh, yeah, yeah. gallons. Is there is there a price? Is there um, is he selling the device? I'm looking. I'm going to his page. He uh, welcome to self heal go. Um, he's got a phone number here. Uh-huh. And uh, bring your questions to Tom Palladino, September 1st, 9 a.m., 
and Eastern Time listening method uh, simulcast on. He's got the phone number and everything. And uh, let's see, and then he, I guess he's going to go over all this. I'd like to hear how much it is. Even the Zika, the Zika, if that's real, is covered. Uh, a false flag. Well, what they're huh? doing, I guess this is real Zika virus, but what they're doing is they, uh, it's caused by um, that, that pesticide that they, did, that they don't think does anything, any harm, or it's caused by something other than what, it, what they're saying. It's some chemical. I think it's a pesticide. And they're blaming it on the Zika virus because they don't want to pay any damages. Huh. So what's um, with the mosquitoes? Uh, that they're, uh, what, why are they releasing all those mosquitoes in Florida? That sounds really bizarre. Why are they re- releasing what? They said that they're releasing mosquitoes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's been done in Florida. Isn't yeah. that... Uh, and more that? more testing, more um, poisoning people, diseases. Exactly. Poisoning people, exactly. Look what they're doing with um, fluoride. What's that do to you? Is that in bottled water? Wait a second. Yeah, I think they probably grabbed the tick and they probably put the disease in the tick and spread it around on purpose so people would get Lyme disease. Then they blame it on the tick. You know, I think this is exactly what they didn't want to get out. They were hoping everybody would be safely tucked away in a FEMA camp by now. They don't... They don't need the FEMA account. They can just kill whoever they want in their own house. What do they need to waste their time bringing them to a camp for? Well, people could still revolt. Well, if you're sleeping and they put a death ray in you, you can't get up. So, well, uh, that sounds like a good device. Um, I don't know if. Um, you know, I, well, it, it just sounds that way anyway. Mm-hmm. He's having a call. Did you announce his call on September 1st? Um, we haven't yet, but we sh- we will. I'm gonna, okay, I'm gonna... uh, he's at, uh, I don't know where it's at, though. It just says September 1st. It's 9 p.m. Eastern, obviously 6. Um, the phone number is 425-440-5100, and then the PIN code is 799-313. Right. What's the first number? 
799. What, the phone number? The phone yeah. number? Uh-huh. Uh, 424 area code 440 5100. Thank you. Great. Thank I have you. it right here. Oh, here's the button right here, James. Buy Scalar Sessions. It'll tell you what, how much it should be telling you. Oh, you see those pictures up at the top? Does anybody have a picture of this? I want to show you a, a NSA dirty trick. They have these disgusting pictures up at the top, and they, and they do that so that people won't look at your ad or your, your article. Wait, where? Are you sure it's just on everybody's or just on yours? It's on um, Paladinos. No, I don't know. I'm not saying it's not, but sometimes uh, what Microsoft does is they put stuff on your screen. Like if you look at a stopwatch on Monday, they come back and a couple days later they advertise a stopwatch to you. They keep showing it to you. So it could be something you inadvertently looked up or something that, you know, they could have forced you to look it up on accident, but nevertheless, it, it could just be coming up on your screen. Because I get that all the time. I go looking for houses, and I see that same house three days later on whatever website I'm looking at. Yeah, this is interesting. Um, This is a subscription thing. This is something different than we thought. Basically, you get a month of it. Wait, it says buy single month scalar sessions, 30-day remote scalar sessions. So that seems like it's like a session with... Um, okay, you have to pay for one person, you have to pay $175. For two people, you pay, this is for a month. For two people, you pay $225. And for three people, you pay $300. So here's what you're agreeing to. You're, you're um, let's see. By purchasing, you agree, oh, there's no refunds. So I think they're doing it in a remote way. It's like you're paying... I mean, this is just what it seems. I could be wrong. But um, you pay the money and you tell them, okay, set me up kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Because why else would it be called sessions? I don't know. And then uh, something to do with intellectual property. They're putting a condition on here. Weird. Termination. Oh, because they don't want you to steal their technology. That's probably why. 
Okay, okay. Here it is. Here it is. Description of the remote scalar energy healing session. Upon purchase of the 30-day scalar session, the client will submit their photograph to a specific destination. The remote scalar energy sessions are delivered remotely via a scalar energy instrument in Florida, USA, by the way of the client's photograph. This is a photograph of a person represents their unique scalar energy harmonic or signature thereby allowing a scalar energy instrument to locate and subsequently broadcast scalar energy to that individual. The scalar light harmonic signature in the photograph is responsible for the remote scalar pathogen cleanse, nutrient therapy, or chakra balance session to be delivered to the person or animal anywhere in the world. The remote scalar energy sessions are delivered seven days a week for a period of 30 days. Thereafter, clients may purchase an additional 30-day scalar energy session. No one is under any obligation to purchase or continue any scalar energy session. Um, the scalar instrument does not diagnose. It is up to the client to know prior to the scalar sessions precisely the pathogenic illness they have to avoid. Uh, wait. Oh, okay. That was supposed to be a period pathogenic illness. They have to avoid disappointment in results. If the client is speculating about their pathogen illness, the remote scalar session cannot be held responsible for the outcome. Uh, if the client has had a PCR test, what's a PCR test? I don't know what that is. But what is what? A PCR it sounds like, like some kind of DNA. I don't know. Okay, well, just three more lines. And know specifically the pathogens that exist. There's a strong likelihood of a successful outcome as there's over 250,000 pathogens are now used in a pathogenic cleanse. If you're in doubt about the possibility of success, please contact in advance purchasing to determine the success of using a remote scalar sessions, you may use the form on the support. So basically, you got to know what you got. It's not they're going to, they're not diagnosing you. You just tell them, hey, I got hepatitis A, and then they fix it. That's what it is. Oh, wow. We have an amazing survival story now. It's about okay, we have about a quarter after 10. And uh, the call will be closing automatically in about... Uh, 25 minutes. Okay, I'm going to open up my call right after this. So we could just have a group talk. And it's going to be 132349. Um, everybody's invited. 
Okay, yeah. the parties to Corey's room, 132-349, right after this one. Right. The after party. <laughs> I'm going to have to hang up. Thank you very much, Derek, and everybody else, and Nathan, and um, Corey, everyone. Thank you very much. Okay. Good night. Okay. Now it does appear that you you do have to um, know what illness you have, um, which you know it isn't that isn't very difficult. Usually, unless you're falsely diagnosed, uh, your doctor will tell you what you have. Yeah, that's right, Derek. Surprised nobody else is interested. Is, is there uh, not very many people on the call? Oh well, um, it's always like this at this hour, and sometimes it's even slower than this. Um, let me make sure that uh, that people. Make sure everybody is unmuted that wants to be unmuted. Wow, there's a lot of people still here. Usually people have left by now. Mm-hmm. James, what do you use? I mean, what do you use to uh, combat your targeting? Um Well, I have some shielding, but it doesn't work that great. I don't know if anything will stop the scale the ELF. Did you got did you ever try the um well what do you shield it when you're sleeping or no? I I do have. Yeah, I do have. Um does anybody know if ELF is the same thing as scalar? I don't think it is. I mean, ELF is not the same as scalar. I can tell you that much. <laughs> scalar, I could tell you I get scalar, so I'm, I'm pretty uh, – it explodes on your head. It's basically like a nonstop ex- little tiny explosions. Okay, well, I understand that scalar is at right angles, comes in at right angles uh, to electromagnetic energy. And it comes from, as I understand it, a different dimension, from the time domain. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but, but there, are, there are a lot of um, scalar devices um, I'm not sure how they're produced, how the scalar energy is produced, but um, now they say that the brain actually is a scalar mechanism. Right, yeah. Um, because um, um, your thoughts actually are produced in another dimension. Hmm. So, um, 
Anyway, all this is the scalar information technology is fascinating reading for those of you that uh, would like to learn something really, really way out. It's amazing stuff to read. Um, but anyway, if the scalar energy, as I understand it, is harnessed correctly, uh, just this one um, energy source could solve a lot of humanity's problems. Uh, it could clean up, for instance, Fukushima. It could clean up other types of nuclear waste. It could clean up the environment. It could eradicate uh, human diseases. It could um, uh, clean up the environment. Um, it could um, cure uh, hunger. Hmm. And I think I said disease. Um, let's see, what else? Oh, energy. My gosh. Free energy. We would not have to pay another dime to heat our homes, uh, for air conditioning, to, uh, to run our vehicles, to fly our airplanes. All that would be free if this device um, was harnessed and mass-produced and made available to the public. This could transform world economies. We wouldn't have to pay for hardly anything. Mm-hmm. But wow. this this information, these devices are becoming available. Uh, hopefully, with with Tom Palladino's device, uh, that could trans transform the health industry. It would cure lots of people. Um, so scalar could really transform our civilization as we know it. Yes, yeah, you're good. <laughs> But they don't want this to get out. But it is getting out. Well, I mean, uh, they are trying to keep a lid on um, the proliferation of this energy, but um, because of the Internet, uh, it's it's proliferating anyway. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there are people that are proponents for this type of energy, and are pushing for these these technologies to be made available to the general public. People like Dr. Stephen Greer, for instance, and, and many others. Uh, Tom Balladino, I'm just hearing about him. You know, if this device um, was made public, so far it looks like he is actually using the device, and. Uh, the person that is ill has has to make contact with him, and he would use the device to help you. It doesn't look like he is um, marketing the device. Right, but you know, uh, Doctor Mile, Constantine Mile over in I think it's Germany. He's also got this whole thing figured out, and he sell te- says sells test kits or or. Uh, experimentation kits that working um, scalar wave energy transmitter and receiver. He has high powered ones and low powered ones. Oh. So um, it, it might be able to um, to help the eyes. Um, I'm not sure if it would block the the energy attacks. Uh, what it could do, though, is it could heal the body mm-hmm. you know, after an attack. 
you know, uh, who's that man, that, uh, the Swedish man, who, the lawyer? Uh, you mean Magnus? No, the lawyer. Oh, you mean you know, uh, Henning. Yeah, Henning, Henning Witty. He, he was helping uh, with the TI issue, and I don't know what his motivation is, but he could actually um, find out about all this from... Or, or we could go directly to uh, Dr. Mile. I'm sure they would tell us. Yeah. But yeah, that would be a good... See, he's trying to make money with it, and that's nice. Um, but we could cure ourselves. Yeah, um, I'm not sure how he gets around to everybody that, that contacts him. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but anyway, uh, it looks like, and I wonder how much the sessions are. Yeah, wasn't didn't he say 175? Oh, I see. Seventy-five. Well, that's not bad, really. Metabolism therapy is seventy-five dollars for thirty days. Really? 21. That's not yeah. bad at all. Gender specific nutrients. I'm, I'm just watching these things flash up on the screen. HIV 1 and 2, HSV 1 and 2. Oh, um, yeah, there's some members of the community. I can tell about that. Malignant brain tumor. That's about corporate rates. Companies and groups. Pretty good. I know they don't want this to get out. Yeah, it will mean mean the end of the drug company. Not the end, but all their all their shenanigans are going to come to an end. Well, yeah, it'll be um, a healthy alternative. Yeah, but what do you, what do you, uh, have you heard anything about how they want to put us all in FEMA camps and they're supposed to be martial law declared and everything? Oh, they've been saying that for quite a while, Mm -hmm. especially last year with Jade Helm. They were scaring everybody to, you know, when uh, September of last year, I think it was, that everybody was going to be, um, under martial law, and and marched off to FEMA camp. <laughs> what in the heck is the purpose of that? I guess they were expecting a a big um, financial crisis because they've stolen I mean, about everything. What are they going to do? Well, I, I really don't think it's what they're for. I think they're for emergencies. I mean, it's not enough to, to house the American public in those um, few million, uh, just a handful, basically, compared to uh, a population. Oh, I guess maybe they would be putting just the people like me in there, the the terrorists. Yeah, uh, well, um, they're going to need a lot more than that, even, you know. I just think Mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's hype. 
Hey, Derek, I wanted to tell you about what I was doing. I have uh, a Netgear router. And you know you know what the SSID is? The, what? The name of the router is broadcast. So when you see the name, when you click on it to, to connect to the router, right? Whoever was around you can also see it. So what I did, I said, um, let me see what I put. I can have, I can have, uh, okay, so I wrote things on, on mine, and I say, uh, on one, I say it's no touch torture, and and then I put my website. And on, on another one, I say that we need to be watched. Really, you idiot! And so they wiped my router out already once. I had to completely reprogram it. So everybody, all my neighbors can see these things, and I and I say, uh, you know, it's really human experimentation, and um, you know, it's just a way of uh, communicating with the neighbors without actually talking to them. And, and you know, also talking to them is a is another thing. I don't know if anybody that maybe you know of other people that have tried, but I want to make some handout flyers and business cards with basic stuff on there and hand them out and maybe DVDs also. And I think that might do something. They they're just really vulnerable to uh communication of you know communicating with the neighbors because they must tell them uh something and I don't I don't know what that is. I I can't imagine how bad you there? Uh we're here. Um Derek, can you unmute uh New Year's Day in the chat room so I could chat? Oh, okay, just a second. Okay, look at this. They got you down now. James Lyko disinformation is logged into the chat. So oh, I noticed well, I must be doing something right. Exactly. They go after... Um, thanks, Tara. Look at how they go after... Look at the top... Um, all these logins, like taxes, controlled opposition, and Corey's numbers traced to a military base. James is a bitch of the perps. Uh, uh, they're going after us so hard. Well, you should take a picture of that, James. Yeah, I will. Yeah, because that's evidence right there. Why are they going after all of us so hard? Nothing's going on, right? There's no such thing as gang stalking, right? Yes, I yeah. I know your number traced to a military base. It's not. They're just lying, and uh, and and you know, this Neil guy is the one uh, bringing this to everybody's attention. And I personally want everybody to know because I'll bring my phone to anybody who wants to bet me three thousand bucks that it doesn't trace to a military base. <laughs> Nobody will bet so far, including Neil. Mm. 
Oh, wow. Did you see what they said about James? Oh, my gosh. No. I, but I, you I, should I, take a picture because this is proving, this proves gang stalking right here. They're going after Derek. Yeah. They're going after me. They're going after James. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, I must be doing something right then, I think. Does Derek really have AIDS has left the chat? <laughs> well, I won't say, I won't repeat that about James. Well, that's okay. I can read it. Um, yeah, but it's it's not like, usually it's like they use the same thing. It's like, because they do something like, is Derek a bitch of the perps? And then they go... Corey's a bitch of the perp, so they're not really that original. It's just trolls, and uh, just gotta lock them out. Yeah, well, they are. They're they're, they're locked out, but uh, mm-hmm. you just you just see the titles. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Oh, I've never heard that before, so I guess I'm maybe doing some good. That's the way I see it. Oh, yeah, they did it to Brian, too, remember? Yeah, they do it to a lot of people. I didn't know they did that to Brian. Well, they kept saying, they slandered and they kept saying, does Brian too work for the DOD? Does Brian too work for the DOD? They said it a million times. Yeah, they did do it to Brian. They go, I have heard Brian too worked for the DOD. They wouldn't shut up. Uh, the sentence would be a little bit different, but it would be Brian too in one end of it and DOD on the other end of it. Oh. Nothing they could say would bother me. Just um... yeah, but the point is, is everybody's saying, how do we get evidence? I mean, is that not evidence clear enough that you bring the jury and you say they're saying, well, you're delusional? Go well, I guess my camera's delusional too because these people, if, if there's nothing going on, why would they be so motivated to come in this chat room and write all these sentences discrediting all of us? Mm-hmm. Well, well, it doesn't I prove that they're perps. It just means that. What? It doesn't prove that they're perps. No, it just proves somebody doesn't like you. Are are we still having a 
conference call with um with the city council member? Um yeah. Uh that would be that would be next week. I'll have to check about that. Right. In the meantime, um, I would like to, I would like to have the uh, the call with the uh, the tech guys. I think we need to continue that. Um, the guy up in Oregon, or this is in California now. Um, let's see. It'll be, um, well, a few people. I won't name them. Dwight used to said that say that he could get uh, one of those names and he could trace it back. Um who it was. Oh, you can, I don't know how, how we would do that, but I found out that you can get somebody's license plate and get their name and address. By, how do you do that? How? Well, Oregon, I think, I think Oregon is, doesn't have a, doesn't disallow you from looking it up in the uh, vehicle database. But also you could get um, one of those services that can allow you to do a background check and they can find it out for you. So we can now get names and addresses and then, and you know, my, that meter allows you to find out where they are so you can identify the person and then get their name and address by their license plate on their car. Okay, Corey's uh, Corey's room is one three two three four nine. You probably okay. just have a couple minutes left in the call. All right. So maybe I'll just go over there now. Thank <laughs> you. 
Derek, well, I'm going to let you go. Um, I'll go over to the other one. Probably take a break anyway. So I'll talk to you later. Just let me know when that uh, when that conference call is. Oh, okay. All right. All right, thanks. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. Series of emojis. She had the crying face, the heart, and of course, background. Well, you think you see them there up on the stage, and they look, you know, young ladies, little girls again. They're so excited. Oh,
first time it's happened with this governor, though. No, I mean, he might want to acknowledge some Tourette syndrome or something in that. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.